Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Are you searching for the best in online black radio? Then go to blacktalkradionetwork.com, helping you filter through the noise. Real talk, black talk. Comic and talk show host Ellen DeGeneres has announced she will end her daytime talk show next year. She's calling it quits after 19 seasons because, as she told The Hollywood Reporter, it's just not a challenge anymore. To discuss the announcement and to examine Ellen's legacy as a talk show host, we're joined now by NPR TV critic Eric Diggins. Hey, Eric. Hi. So I guess the first question I have is whether you think this decision has anything to do with the allegations from last year that the show had a toxic workplace culture. What do you think? In her interview with The Hollywood Reporter, she denied that that controversy was the reason for her decision. But she also admitted that the scandal was kind of tough on her. And, you know, BuzzFeed News published several stories last summer featuring these allegations that staffers on her show endured harassment, intimidation, racism. Several senior level staffers left. And when she returned for the current season, she assured her fans that this public image that she has as somebody who stresses being nice was not hypocritical. And we've got a clip of her talking Let's check it out. I've played a straight woman in movies, so I'm a pretty good actress. (laughs) But I don't think that I'm that good that I could come out here every day for 17 years and fool you. This is me. And my intention is to always be the best person I can be. You know, I'm not sure viewers bought that, though, because in March, Mm. the New York Times reported that the show had lost one million viewers since that apology. So it's tough to imagine that the ratings didn't have some influence on her decision. I mean, Ellen DeGeneres' show has often been seen as this huge triumph after her career nearly tanked when she came out as gay in 1997. Do you think it's possible that viewers just hold her to a higher standard, that there is simply less room to make mistakes when you are a gay woman? Well, I guess it's always possible, but my hunch is that the daytime talk show audience values authenticity more than anything else. And in the end, after years of telling her audience how important it was for them to be kind to one another, it turns out she wasn't making sure that was happening in her own production offices. So I think you can tell, too, when you watch the show now that she does seem kind of bored. And she's involved with producing a lot of other TV shows, including Ellen's Game of Games. And she seems to be chafing a little bit at the limitations of being as she has said, quote, the be kind lady. Yeah. Well, DeGeneres will be leaving her talk show, as we said, after 19 years, after something like, what, more than 3,000 episodes? Exactly. What's your sense of her legacy as a talk show host and as a performer at this point? 
I think her story kind of traces the history of how gay people got accepted in Hollywood and in America over the last 25 years or so. I mean, she publicly came out in 1997, and she lost her sitcom on ABC. But then we saw other TV shows like Will and Grace kind of spread acceptance of gay people in America. Then her talk show comes along in 2003. It gives her a new lease on show business life. And her message of kindness and having fun resonated with viewers and proved that homophobia couldn't hold her back. I think she picked up the mantle that was left by Oprah Winfrey of creating a TV show that told viewers it could help them be better people while also entertaining them. But now the way the show's ending, it's referencing another story, which is this reckoning underway in Hollywood over toxic workplace and harassment allegations. And as she leaves the show, you know, for some people, she's going to be a poster child for what can happen to a popular TV star if they let their workplace foster this behavior that's at odds with their public image. That is NPR TV critic Eric Dagens. Thank you, Eric. Hey, thanks. President Biden delivered a warning yesterday to unemployed Americans. If you're receiving unemployment benefits and you're offered a suitable job, you can't refuse that job and just keep getting the unemployment benefits. Republicans in Congress and some business groups have alleged that pandemic unemployment benefits, which are higher, have been keeping people out of the workforce. Washington Post financial columnist Michelle Singletary is with us next. Good morning. Good morning. I'm just trying to think through what we really know here. Statistically, we know that people have generally been going back to work in recent months. Anecdotally, we have heard of some people who prefer to stay home or even think they're getting more for unemployment than from their jobs. But generally speaking, does it make financial sense for some people to stay out of work? So I don't believe those anecdotes at all. There is no credible studies that show that people are more likely to not search for a job if they're getting enhanced benefits. In fact, just the opposite. The Chicago Federal Reserve found that those receiving those amped up benefits were twice as likely to look for a job than those who exhausted their benefits. Those anecdotes, what they're what they're really the basis of those is that people are saying, I don't have child care or I have an underlying medical condition. Those are often the reasons why people don't take a job while they're still on unemployment. Wow. That thing about people being more likely to look for work if they have a higher unemployment benefit. I'm trying to think that through. Does that just mean that people are in a little better shape to go looking for work? They can afford some new clothes. They can afford a babysitter while they're searching for work. That sort of thing. Exactly. Exactly. And everyone who's ever lost a job knows it's easier to get a job the closer you are to when you have lost a job. If you're out of work, the longer you're out of work, the harder it is. And so they know that when those benefits are about to end, that they need to race and get a job to to make sure they're employed and i'm just it, it just i'm telling you i'm so upset when they talk about these antidotes because they're not based on facts and if they those folks had ever truly worked for people un, who are unemployed they know that those folks want to work i believe 29 states have now reinstated requirements that if you're getting unemployment benefits you need to be searching for jobs and i guess document to the state that you're searching for jobs, which I imagine feels degrading to a lot of people, but this is the requirement. Does it matter if the state requires that you go looking for work? 
Well, first of all, they've always required it. That's like saying, I'm going to demand that you breathe when you're already breathing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's already a rule that they have to do that. And I think that President Biden said that to just say, OK, I know y'all saying this crazy stuff, but let me just reiterate that that is already the rule of the land, that you have to continue to look for a job. Listen, I. Uh, and all those people who are listening, who hear those antidotes, I know that they get very upset because in America, you those people it, it want to work and they get more in the long term. They know that those benefits are going to run out. And anybody who knows that those benefits are going to run out wants to find a job. Michelle Singletary, it's always a pleasure talking with you. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Michelle Singletary is a financial columnist for The Washington Post. It's COVID, COVID, COVID. Vaccinations are on the rise in the U.S., and some employers are thinking about how and when to bring people back to work. But what about those employees who won't get the vaccine? Can they be forced to do so? NPR's Yuki Noguchi reports. Allies for Health and Well-Being is an HIV clinic in Pittsburgh. Many of its patients have weakened immune systems. So the pandemic has been a dangerous time. Then the COVID vaccine became available. And with it, says Human Resources Director Mark Marson, the question of whether to require vaccination among its staff of 50. The clinic decided not to go that far. We currently strongly recommend that all of our staff be vaccinated. But that could shift. Marson says Allies Board of Directors is still considering an out-and-out vaccine requirement. He says the clinic is searching for the right balance between managing safety and fairness to workers. The two issues, public health and organizational culture. On one hand, there's the risk of infection. On the other, the clinic has moved away from an authoritarian workplace culture in recent years. It emphasizes listening to and accommodating staff. To say, thou shalt vaccinate, seemed very contrary to the messages that we were building. Meanwhile, Marson says a larger clinic nearby took a different approach. They did mandate that all of their employees have a COVID vaccination. And I did ask the head of the organization whether anybody had to be fired. And he said two people were. Many experts agree it's legal for employers to mandate vaccination, especially in high-risk environments like factories or hospitals. But employers are still wrestling with whether to do so. By law, employers have obligations to keep the workplace safe and to not discriminate against workers. But when it comes to mandating new COVID vaccines, what does that mean in practice? What if your job cannot be done from home? Or, says Marson, what if you mandate vaccines? And then somebody has an incredibly bad reaction. Who's liable? It's a legal minefield. Lisa Friedenland is an advisor at the Society for Human Resource Management, which represents a range of companies, small and large. A national survey by her group in February found 60% of employers won't require vaccination. Another 35% are undecided, but a third of workers do want mandates. Friedenland says some workplaces are promoting the shots by granting special privileges to vaccinated workers, like allowing them to go maskless at work. What an employer could possibly be facing then 
is potential claims of discrimination. Because what if somebody can't get a vaccine because of a medical condition or a religious belief? Meanwhile, she says state lawmakers are trying to clear up these questions. All of our 50 states have legislation to determine how far an employer can go as far as penalizing, whether it's termination or even disciplinary action, even applicants as well. So we'll see a lot of that in the future. But enforcing mandates is tricky. Laura Boudreau is an economics professor at Columbia University. She cites the example of an employer in a region where skepticism about vaccines run high. If 20 percent of their workforce says they're not going to get vaccinated, even if it's mandated, can they respond to losing up to 20 percent of their workforce? Or what if a top executive doesn't want to comply? Is the company willing to enforce its policy equally regardless of rank? And a mandate may make some angry. Plenty of others won't feel safe without one. Edgar Jatu is executive director at Workplace Fairness, a worker advocacy group. You're going to have people who are going to have to make some really tough decisions regarding their employment. Ultimately, he says, many workers will have to navigate these questions for themselves. Yuki Noguchi, NPR News. For the longest time, Christy Pakikoro says she thought she was plagued with imposter syndrome. You know, that feeling that you don't belong, that you don't quite deserve your success. But this past year, she took a step back and coined a whole new phrase for what she's been experiencing. It's called discriminatory gaslighting. And Christy Pakikoro, who is an author and professor of history at George Mason University, joins me now to explain. Hello. Hello. So first, listeners should not be surprised if they've never heard the term discriminatory gaslighting before, because you literally invented it. Um, But what does it mean? So discriminatory gaslighting is based on this uh, first idea of gaslighting. That word has been a bit trendy in the past couple of years. It it. certainly has. Yeah. (laughs) So in gaslighting, the abuser attempts to cause an individual or group to fall into self-doubt, questioning their perceptions of reality, their memory, their identity. Why do they do this? It's to build their own power and diminish resistance on the part of the victim so that the abuse can continue. So what happens in discriminatory gaslighting? Well, discriminatory gaslighting happens when dominant social groups use these psychological tricks to maintain their power and privilege by sowing self-doubt and dependence in minoritized groups. Give me an example of this and how you experienced that in your life. So as I was tracing back my feelings of exclusion and being an imposter, this brought me back to my senior year of high school and the events, or more particularly the narratives surrounding my getting into Princeton. Now, I certainly did not expect to get into an Ivy League for college. I had no dynastic or legacy claims regarding any specific schools, but I worked hard. I had strong test scores, high grades in AP courses, and in my overall GPA, I had best in show prizes for my artwork. I was captain of the soccer team, and I was the- You earned it. I earned earned it. it. I was leading the musical. (laughs) Yet, when I got into Princeton, The shock and indignation of classmates and their families was physically palpable. I can still feel it today, 
parents and students were glaring and whispering in the hallways and at school events until one white boy finally uttered the phrase to me directly through clenched teeth, you got into Princeton because you are black. Hmm. I mean, first of all, how painful, but also how diminishing. I sort of internalized this assumption that came from other people that no level of accomplishment by a black girl could open the doors of the aptly named ivory tower, that only affirmative action could do that. And so from that point on, I really did start to doubt myself. Could Princeton have made a mistake? Perhaps I was a fraud. And these thoughts really plagued me throughout college and into my years as a professor. So you discussed how that made you feel like you had imposter syndrome. Why did you decide it was time to retire that phrase and reframe it in this way? Well, in so many ways, this term, this concept of discriminatory gaslighting is born of this moment in history. This very difficult year. The unjustifiably violent deaths, indeed murders, of George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and then the pandemic and the horrifying yet predictable disparities that made Black, Latinx, and other minoritized communities the hardest hit by COVID-19. And all of this opened new and old wounds for me as a biracial Black woman and ultimately forced me to grapple with some big questions. What does discrimination look like? It can be a knee on the neck. It can be lacking health care or the privilege of teleworking during a pandemic. All of these are forms of discrimination, and these forms were swirling around in my mind as I got ready to face a diverse classroom of students, and I had a revelation. I didn't have the imposter syndrome. I had been a victim of an insidious psychological manipulation driven by prejudice and pursued for the purposes of discrimination. And this type of manipulation needed a name. Tell me, what do you want people to do with this new phrase? I want people to explore it and to use it. This moment in history is one of challenge and opportunity. Now, in our continued reckoning, we need to courageously name and address varied types, processes, and experiences of discrimination. We need to rethink our assumptions as we begin to imagine a post-pandemic society that can be shaped in new and better ways. And recognizing and naming the different tools of oppression are a first step in dismantling them. Christy Pakikro is a professor at George Mason University. Thank you very much. Thank you. I am so proud of Negroes who are proud of being Negroes. They are what God made them. The action to a racial slur has turned deadly, and now a Tampa Dunkin' Donuts employee is facing charges. Police say the fast food worker punched a 77-year-old man after he directed a number of those slurs at the employee. Three days later, the elderly man has died. And Fox 13's Catherine Hawley is live in Tampa with more on the story. Catherine. Corey Pajols is in jail tonight, charged with aggravated manslaughter. Tampa police say one punch caused that customer to fall and hit his head on the concrete floor, dying from his injuries just days later. Everything started last Tuesday around 1.30 p.m. in the drive-thru of this Dunkin' on South 50th Street. 
Tampa police say a 77-year-old customer was upset over the lack of service he was receiving. The victim parks the car, goes inside, and has an argument with the employee. Well, at that time, there was a racial slur that was thrown out at the employee, and the employee told the victim to say it one more time. That employee was 27-year-old Corey Pajols. According to arrest paperwork, when the elderly man repeated the same racial slur, Pajols punched him once in the face. The suspect ended up punching the victim so hard that he fell back, hit his head on the ground. And so when we arrived, he was unconscious and bleeding from the head to where he had to be taken to the hospital. Court documents say the man was rushed to the intensive care unit at TGH, being treated for head and brain injuries. He never regained consciousness, passing away Friday. A doctor told officers the man had a skull fracture and brain contusions. This customer was a regular. He apparently came by that Dunkin' Donuts a lot. Pajols told investigators the elderly man was being extremely rude that day. Police writing in the report, at no time did the decedent place his hands on the defendant or attempt to strike the defendant. Pajols was initially charged with battery that was upgraded to aggravated manslaughter after the 77-year-old died. And Pajols is set to be in court for that new charge this Thursday. Kelly. All right, Catherine Hawley reporting for us tonight. Thank you, Catherine. Context of white supremacy. Composure. Talk about that every week. Nothing is more important to counter racism than maintaining your composure. You can throw everything else in the trash what I have to say anybody Mr. Edwin Williams uh, Dr. Francis Cress Welsing anybody you can think of in the known universe once you get to the point where you are upset ranting and raving and all the rest of it hey (laughs) anything could happen at that point probably nothing constructive will happen but that is number one gotta maintain your composure it would not be a system of white uh, racism white supremacy uh, if we did not have racists doing a little bit of name calling gotta call you a nigger we haven't even had a good you know hour pass if we can't get in a nigger this and nigger that Friday May 14 2021 so I have been told this is our weekly broadcast neutralizing workplace racism we will do our best to use counter racist logic attempt to offer suggestions that help one uh, help listeners non-white people solve problems without creating new problems as always this is not a broadcast for spectators if you are listening non-white person anywhere in the known universe and you have figured out these are some strategies that work well these are some things if you're having problems in the workplace uh, whatever it is if you need you know time off if you want a promotion a raise a bigger office lactation room whatever it is you figured out some strategies that will help Solve problems, get solve problems, give you access to those resources, minimize any you know difficulties with white people or non-white people that you work with. Make sure you dial in immediately. The number is 720-716-7300, the code 564. 
So I guess he's entitled. Uh, I guess if you come in and uh, buy your pastry daily or weekly or whatever his routine is and you feel like you don't get the best of service, then you can, you know, hurl Negro a few times till they, you know, get your order correct. Um, All I can say is we've had so many of these incidents and I've heard Mr. Fuller talk about them with a similar result. We've had other folks uh, who've called in and written in similar result. Um, not with a death per se, like that is kind of like, wow, <laughs> like that's uh but I mean, Hey, uh, there's a reason that I say boxing should be outlawed. The human head is not designed to take a punch. One can be lethal. Again, composure is everything. Uh, once it gets to the point, he comes in and look, nigger, you didn't put my donut holes in the thing. What, hey, I'm not so that's why we talk about that composure. I'm in a system of white supremacy racism. I'm not surprised if I'm at the grocery store, if I'm at the funeral, anywhere, whatever the circumstance, I should be called a nigra. Racism, white supremacy is practiced against me. That is the environment in which we live. Lots of different ways that you can handle that. We've talked about that before. You should even be thinking about that, particularly if you work in that type of environment. You do customer service, right? You know you're going to be dealing with just random people for your entire shift. You should already be practicing. Like, how do I deal with folks once they get rowdy and are cursing and all the rest of it? What is the policy and procedure on dealing with folks at this point? And then me personally, what do I think or what do I do to maintain safety, safety for, you know, other employees or what have you, if you're a manager, supervisor, whatever it is. But, yeah, it can't just be, you know, what? What? Go upside your head. You see right there. You see right there. Never know. You might get real carried away, you know, and and get Mike Tyson strength, you know, for 30 seconds or so. And you thought you were just going to go upside his head and you end up doing, you know, a few combos and whoa, whoa. And system of racism, white supremacy. uh, We've had folks who talked about it. You don't have to get uh, Mike Tyson strength for 30 seconds. You can just, you know, a glancing blow can be enough up assault charges especially you know once they get to exaggerating and you know they might have a whole lot of witnesses white and or non-white who said oh yes i will be the first to testify the negro was reckless and crazy he cursed him and beat him i mean you know 
gotta maintain your composure uh, again we talk about write things down can you repeat that sir or hey and that sort of uh, sir we do not allow that sort of language here I'm going to ask you to leave if you don't vacate the premises we'll be forced to call the authorities they might even have security depending on the type of establishments I mean it's lots of different protocols think about that in advance that's why I said it is so important maintaining your composure Number one, that that is first and last with neutralizing workplace racism, composure. Uh, looking at some of the other segments. Uh, now, we heard the segment where they were talking about whether employer, uh, employers can mandate the vaccine. That report, I believe, was close to, I think it was close to within the same time period of when they just made the announcement yesterday, the Centers for Disease Control, that if you are fully vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask and all this other stuff like, ooh-wee, I can see that becoming way more enticing. I could see in this sort of environment, given what's been said in the last 24 hours, many more uh, colleges, universities, workplace settings saying, oh, yeah, you've got to be a requirement. You know, if you're going to have this job, if you're going to come in, uh, if you're going to be enrolled at this institution, got to be, you know, vaccinated. Uh, I can absolutely uh, see that, not just the perks, because I've seen that, too, where they've had like wild stuff like uh, a lottery uh, where you get entered all the people who are vaccinated let's say in Seattle we'll say all the people who are vaccinated they put your name in some sort of lottery and you could win a million dollars and just wacky things really wacky things to try to encourage more people to uh, get their jab as they say so I guess we'll continue to see how that evolves folks can let us know are you uh, are they talking about that is it just pressure at this point or is it you know sounding like they're serious like hey you are going to be vaccinated or you are hitting the road we'll chat on that more as we go Uh, I thought it was so interesting the segment now I might mispronounce her last name it's you know I'm not the most intelligent person Christy I got that part I think Christy Pichero, I think I got it. Pichero, P-I-C-H-I-C-H-E-R-O. Pichero should have been a cowbell right there. She had a white parent, non-white parent. If you, (laughs) she looks substantially less melanated than President Obama. White guests only. I was waiting because I just had audio. There was no video with that segment. So when they were speaking with her on NPR and she was trying to go into detail about uh, how she came to this concept and, and all of that. And she find, I think that was the only time in the interview that she identified individuals classified as white. Some white boy said, you only got into Princeton because you are black. Affirmative action type of a thing. Number one, more important almost than anything else said in that segment. Or re- take that back. More important than anything that was said within that segment the undisputed champions of affirmative action are white women that should be said every single time that if anything about affirmative action gets brought up talked about in any way shape or form like it is not black people it's not even close white women number one easily the queens, kings of 
affirmative action and that doesn't even get mentioned it's like every time it's just, oh my god black people are the biggest moochers and lames and all the rest and it would i thought i was going to be in for a treat like oh we're going to have a white woman who's saying that you know she didn't get this job or she only got in or got this job or got into the school because of affirmative action and no it's a non-white person who they say just for that moment she wasn't biracial she said later on she's biracial but for that moment it was you only got in because you're black anywho white guests only I heard so many fascinating terms within that segment like prejudice and minoritized that was a new one I haven't even heard that before you have been minoritized and discrimination and all these other different ways discriminatory gaslighting all these different ways the system of white supremacy racism Manifest, and I thought that's what they were talking about. It manifests in a lot of different ways in terms of undermining confidence. You didn't deserve to get this job. You shouldn't be at this school. You're not qualified, whatever. You're overqualified, whatever it is. The system of white supremacy manifests in a lot of different ways and undermining your confidence, belief that you can make rational sense of your surroundings. Absolutely. The system of white supremacy works to do that all the time. If you want to call that minoritizing, be my guest white guests only uh, let's see they had the segment President Joe Biden uh, he discussed uh, if you are getting unemployment benefits of any sort uh, you cannot say I'm going to keep this and turn down uh, job offers you've got to get out and work um, hey whatever resources that you can accrue in the system of racism white supremacy and I mean for most of the last 14 months, I think we've been in quarantine. I think for some people, it might have been, hey, I've got health reasons to sit and kind of wait until people figure things out. Uh, and it's still not like, you know, the whole COVID-19 situation has been resolved. So whatever. I think they're uh, frequently white people uh, will camouflage a lot of their racism, white supremacy with those type of accusations and saying that we got moochers taking advantage of affirmative action and welfare and that sort of thing and don't want to work again the the kings of mooching and not working racist man racist woman racist child remember the diploma mill they have the audacity remember Mark Furman didn't even graduate high school and they have the audacity to turn around and be upset about affirmative action the gall anywho uh, let's see I guess we'll. Oh, Ella DeGeneres, the, the gay Rosa Parks. Make sure I say it correctly. I said the critical race scholar of the 20th and 21st century is not W.E.B. Du Bois, Neely Fuller Jr., Francis Chris Welsing, Timothy Wise. It is Chris Rock. Chris Rock said Ellen DeGeneres that is the gay Rosa Parks gay Rosa Parks is calling it quits I don't remember Rosa Parks being a quitter and I definitely do not remember Rosa Parks being accused of allowing a toxic and racist environment to exist uh, where some in, in any endeavor in which she had direct control and authority I do not ever I uh, remember that, but hey, maybe, you know, I just haven't read enough of my Rosa Parks history, uh, but shutting down the show and they think related to 
the recent accusations of her toxic and racist workplace environment. I remember when they tried to do the rebranding for the show and they had uh, her black co-host Twitch names, black person named Twitch. And he hosted a few segments where she wasn't there and all the rest. It's been hard, you know, for the gay Rosa Parks. Anywho, the number again is 720-716-7300. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Uh, the email until justice at gmail.com. So we'll get to uh, first email, uh, person that wrote in. Now, I'm not reading the entire email because at a point it kind of breaks away from workplace racism specifically. And I do try to make sure that we stay on point with workplace racism. So I'll finish the rest of it uh, on the compensatory call in. But I'll at least read the first portion that deals with because it's a follow up victim of racism who wrote in. Well, (laughs) she said victim Uh, before uh, she uh, referenced herself as a victim in Ohio. So, yes victim who wrote in I'll read the first portion and then stop and then I'll read the rest of it tomorrow Uh, and to give context uh, this uh, victim in Ohio wrote in last week okay uh, I think two weeks ago Emmy was on the air and she talked about her uh, situation on the job where she had a non-black non-white person who was a new hire and apparently may have lied. I <laughs> went and told the staff that Emmy was bad mouthing the company and all this other stuff. So she was telling us about this situation and how she was, you know, trying to counter all of this false accusations and such. So last week, the victim in Ohio, she wrote in and she said uh, that Emmy's situation specifically is, is an illustration in her view of why uh, individuals classified as black should not trust uh, so-called Asians, Mexicans, blah, 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 uh, non-black, non-white people. We should not trust them. Okay. So that was last week. So she wrote in this week, I started not to dignify the V C as in cat Q comment with a response but as an archive listener and someone that has contributed on a few occasions I will it's always interesting how when one does not agree with host or the common theme then it's the other person's issue I could be wrong I am a victim but classifying me as V C as in cat Q, when you have no clue about me, is a form of name calling. And this is where it kind of, where I'll give one more. I could easily call names when people talk about the plight of black Americans financially, socioeconomically, yet when you talk about other groups that clearly treat black Americans horribly, then you hear, what about black on black crime? for example, and that's why I said it kind of deviates from workplace racism and goes to some other things. All right. So what I'm going to do is stop right here and replay 
what I said last week on neutralizing workplace racism. All right, so person uh, who wrote in, they're responding, victim of racism. Uh, listening to neutralizing workplace racism and the Emmy saga and her situation is exactly why we should treat certain other non-black groups like Asians, Mexicans, etc. as though they are white. They are not to be trusted and navigate in the system as if they are white and we should treat them as such. Victim in Ohio. VGQ, Victims Guaranteed, Qualified, uh, the only thing that I can say is, have you figured out a means to trust individuals who are classified as black? If so, please write in immediately. Because I think I've said, I just said it today, I guess I'll, I'll continue saying it. I've said, do not trust anyone with regards to talking about politics in a workplace situation. In fact, do not think of anyone non-white people, black people. I think I've said it consistently for years. If my mother, back when we were reading Orenthal James Simpson, I said if Johnny L. Cochran Jr., we're reading Geronimo Pratt right now, Neely Fuller Jr., and my mom were there and say, hey, we're talking about the Derek Chauvin situation. Do you want to join us? In my mind, I'm thinking these trouble-making Negroes. Woo! I keep on walking. I don't care that they're all classified as black when I'm being my mom. I'm good. I said the whole time, I have not seen anybody. If we have anybody here, you can add this one too. If you, the person who wrote in, if you have seen any constructive result from a black person talking about politics, current events, non-work related issues with another individual classified as black on the job, you can share that one too. That'll be a first for workplace racism also. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying regardless of the melanin content or lack of melanin content, you don't have homies in the workplace, period. That's how you avoid problems. We have in the archives lots, in fact, not one, many folks who went in with that way of thinking that, oh, this is my brother. Black brother. Black brother to hell. Black brother. Black sister right on and all of that and let me hip you to some Neely Fuller Jr. and let's talk about this and ring, 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 all this non way and then ended up with all kinds of problems that's been my experience you don't have home even Scotty Reed remember that that wasn't that long ago where he said he was talking about his daughter he said she was at working with some other black people who tried to get her in trouble and were going into her salary and all this other stuff you don't have homies in the work re uh, workplace regardless of their racial classification context of white supremacy so that was what gusty had to say last week after i read uh the victim in ohio i uh, read her email uh so number one i was very mindful and have tried to be very mindful about the use of acronyms because when I began studying counter-racism seriously, that was something that caused me a lot of confusion. Uh, I would see individuals and they would be talking about Mr. Fuller's work and it would just be VOR this and VGQ that and Mecca this and RWSJ this. It's just like, what in the hell are they talking about? Like, 
I just it, I was in a state of confusion for a long time until I got Mr. Fuller's book. And that's true for many reasons, but the acronyms specifically. And I remember telling some people about that, like, man, maybe we shouldn't be so uh, loose and free with these acronyms, because some people this might be their first time hearing the concept VOR. So they don't know what that means, maybe. So as you just heard in the recording, I did not say V. C Q I said V G Q and then I explicitly stated spelling it all out victims guaranteed qualified as I just stated some people maybe haven't read Mr. Fuller's work maybe they're not familiar with the term victims guaranteed qualified sometimes shortened to V G Q incidentally if you've been listening to this program for two weeks you've probably heard myself and or others use the phrase V G Q that notwithstanding what victims guaranteed qualified means is we don't have to name call we don't have to agree if we are both non-white people victims of white supremacy you just like I we are both qualified to take any opinion that we want to about racism white supremacy counter racism so the concept V G Q is used specifically not to name call I don't have to get upset with you if you don't agree with me because you don't have to and I don't have to agree with you you're qualified I'm qualified both victims guaranteed qualified and playing back I was all set like when I read this at first I was going to come on the program be like oh my goodness man I must have blacked out last week or got a hold of some bad mangoes and came on here I guess I was calling somebody a coon or did something like I don't know what happened last Friday and I stopped let me go back and listen let me see what what did I say and I I also I was gonna say man I must have just said VGQ and not have said all of the words completely and then maybe I muffled it too sometimes the audio is not crystal so maybe they didn't hear it but you just heard I said VGQ victims guaranteed qualified so to the first point she said or the yeah I started not to dignify the VCQ comment with a response response but as an archive listener and someone that has contributed on a few occasions I will I don't even know what that means like in so many different ways like and in one sense in a very serious sense paying attention is very important for workplace racism and beyond if it gets to the point of like making a charge or accusation like I'm gonna be real sure did he say VCQ was he calling me a name when he said VCQ or did he even say VCQ paying attention is very important especially for replacing white supremacy with justice and in the workplace and 
So victims guaranteed qualified is a really important concept. I think anyone who's listened to the cows, I think you've heard me say this before. We've talked about this concept with Mr. Fuller on this program. In fact, we've had many programs where we've talked about VGQ and even beyond. And I mean programs where VGQ is like in the subject. That was the main theme for what we talked about for the program. And over the dozen years that we've been on the air, I've explained that concept and used that concept regularly. It would kind of lead me to think, wow, is this person really paying attention? The second point, I didn't hear any name calling. You just heard the playback. I didn't hear anything that sounded like name calling. What I did hear was a question. Gusty said, please, if you have a method for identifying how trustworthy individuals classified as black are, and if you want to be specific, black people who were born in the United States with four black grandparents and eight black grandparents who were also all born in the state of Georgia. How do you identify how trustworthy they are? I didn't hear an answer to that question and I for sure was not being facetious. I was not trying to be funny. That in, I'll throw that question to anyone in the known universe. If you think black people are your brothers and sisters in the workplace, how in the world have you figured out which black people are trustworthy? I didn't get that question answered, which would also kind of lead me to, is this person really paying attention? Anywho, the only other thing I'll add, um, I guess if you interpret, you all heard the audio, if you interpret any portion of that as Gusty name calling, uh, or I guess being rude, discourteous, and how I responded, uh, uh, feel free to find another program. I'm not the most uh, courteous, not the gentleman of counter-racism. Even before we started this counter-racism, I was, you know, curmudgeon, all of that. Uh, but, yeah, I think that was pretty logical. I did have a legitimate question that I didn't get an answer to, but that does happen uh, sometimes. And most importantly, I didn't say VCQ, nor did I use VGQ to name call, which is the exact opposite of the concept. If that is your interpretation, though, my recommendation would be find another program. Incidentally, if you listen to the entirety of the program from last week, I read the victim in Ohio. I read this person's email twice. The email was addressed to Emmy, so I read it and I said what I said. Then, boop, 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 you fast forward through the broadcast, Emmy calls in, and I read it back because it was addressed to her. So I read it back to Emmy so that she could, you know, respond as she wants to. And she was super gracious, appreciative, and thanked the victim in Ohio for taking time to write in and, and gave us her update. But I don't remember there being uh, any name calling during that segment either anywho 
the email and before I even get to the email why we've been saying it for 12 years as someone who has uh, I think done a lot of talking about not name calling I think I've been pretty good about not name calling folks for at least a few minutes maybe anywho uh, what I have said for years if you like the cows so what if you don't like the cows so what and the same would apply you can remove the cows and just insert gusty renegade personally and it would still read the same replace white supremacy with justice I'd also add one more time pay attention like I have found that to be a regular problem people not paying attention to detail Continuing, number 720-716-7300, the code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Incidentally, if anyone did catch name-calling from the broadcast in last week, you can feel free to share that as well. Star 61 if you have commentary, thoughts, observations to share. Let's see. folks are spectating or hanging out doing whatever they're doing with their Friday evening uh, let's see we should be here tomorrow for the compensatory call in 9 p.m. Eastern 6 p.m. Pacific we'll review uh, observations updates from the past week the wackiness that it has been uh, and then we should be here on Sunday global Sunday talk on racism uh, man the the wackiness with the virus so I don't know if they have the same type of uh, new freedom, I guess, that we do here in the U.S. after the announcement that if you're fully vaccinated, you can drop the mask and, you know, do whatever you want to do. Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen the same reports over there. So it will be very interesting to kind of check in with folks in different parts of the globe to, you know, see how they are responding uh, to all of this. But that should be Sunday, uh, normal time earlier, 3 p.m., Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, 12 p.m. Pacific, uh, Global Sunday Talk on Racism. Uh, looking forward to hearing folks, uh, hearing from folks in different parts of the globe. Uh, let's see. Get in one of the emails and then we'll check with some of the other callers. Hopefully we'll not get accused of any more name calling in the emails, but uh, we shall see. Uh, All right. Another victim of racism writes in uh, my manager does things with malicious intent. I believe at this point during downtime, they tried to get us to write essays based on articles they sent us. I didn't have a problem as it was just a summary. Come to find out they use these articles to pick and micromanage people more. These writing assignments aren't graded and have absolutely nothing to do with our job duties. As time went on, they wanted us to write actual essays for these articles that had nothing to do with the job. This was recently after all the one paragraph summaries I wrote for all these articles. Think four, think four different articles a day. My manager sends me an email and tries to get me to rewrite all these articles into essay form I didn't do it two days later the other manager tells uh, tells us 
we are no longer doing these article summaries. For one, my manager knew I wasn't writing the articles the way they wanted and waited until the end to say something and also she waited till the end to tell me to rewrite everything although we no longer have to do them. The other team's manager doesn't bother us as much anymore and I believe it's because the other team told both this new manager and my manager off which is why they stopped requesting the essays and toned down the micromanaging. Uh, the wasting time component is very common in the system of racism and it seems kind of deceitful because I suspect if she waited like she emphasized that she waited until kind of late it wasn't like she made an effort to give her efficient feedback that oh, okay you need to make some revisions with these reports and you know change up your writing style or whatever it is it seemed like she waited until she may have already had information that oh hey we're not gonna this kind of waste of time this is not really right, uh, related to their primary work duties so yeah we're not gonna do this anymore you could have went back and did all that editing wasted all of that time and then ah oh, no we're not <laughs> don't even worry about that just throw that in the trash we're not doing that anymore my experience or yeah it's been my experience that that sort of thing is very common uh, just direct wasting of non-white people's time total lack of regard value uh, for black people's time and energy like uh, and sometimes it's not even you know because you don't know sometimes you don't know if these things are, are pivotal in, in terms of you getting a raise or not is that going to hinge on me rewriting you know these goofy essays or whatever it is um, let's see and they always she said using these articles to kind of micromanage and get more information about people that's kind of constant in the system of white supremacy white people are not ignorant uh, about their victims subjects they are constantly trying to get more information and get a little more get a little more data so that they can better control the plantation uh, let's see Anything else from here yeah sometimes other white people they can fight off these folks when they're coming and wasting their time uh, like she was saying apparently that's what happened some of the other managers possibly another white person came in and fussed at her and got her to stop doing all this but generally speaking non-white people don't have that sort of uh, leverage uh, number again 720-716-7300 the code 564-943-POUND press star 61 if you would like to participate uh, let's see uh, retired firefighter in Florida should be with us if you have commentary. Greetings, Gus. Greetings to everyone. Uh, I uh, kind of like uh, didn't come on at the exact beginning uh, of uh, the program, but I did hear uh, uh, you uh, stating something about name calling. Am I correct? Uh, it was from an email. I don't want to have to go back to reread the whole uh, email, but a person. No, no, you don't have to. I, I was just wondering if that, that am I accurate on what you were stating? Someone was accusing somebody of name calling. If, if, if that is correct, 
on what you were talking about. I, I've have I, I've been paying attention to just about every uh, uh, workplace racism reports. I may not say anything, but I'm listening. Uh, I am retired, so I don't have much to talk about as far as presently. But I think I do have some enough experiences that I basically can hear something of the of the uh, participation of participants who are employed uh, and maybe give uh, render some tips on how to make uh, their uh, employment uh, uh, history uh, as proficient as possible. Uh, as it would be under a global system of racist white supremacy. I didn't hear any name calling at all. So that's amazing. But anyway, I'm not surprised, you know, and I'm sure you're not either on things that didn't really exist somehow come up. Unfortunately, no. Not a surprise, unfortunately, but uh, right. Again, all I can say is strive for uh, accuracy. Strive for accuracy is yes, something sir. that I say all the time, and uh, the acronyms is something that I have. I really, really try to be uh, precise about uh, and clear about. Uh, so. All I can say is I don't uh, if if I have used the concept VGQ, I don't even know how you would would would, would weaponize that to call someone a name and say, you know, we we got this old VGQ. <laughs> like I don't need that yeah. <laughs> I guess you could maybe do that even though that's not what happened last week, but I guess maybe you could do that. We got this old VGQ and yeah, anyway. Uh racking my brain, brothers and sisters. I'm racking my brain. Um yeah, but I didn't. Yeah, that's if anybody else, if you uh, <laughs> give your give your vote or a thought uh, as to, you know, if some name calling since that was the charge went down, feel free. Um, yeah, retired firefighter in Florida who I believe was here last week. I don't know if he participated, but I think he was with us for the neutralized workplace racism uh, last week. Last yeah, Friday. I was paying attention. I was paying attention. Yes, sir. Awesome. I, I mean, I can't even, I, it, it is whatever the accusation, the nature of it, I, I, I can't even recall. It was just, a, just you know, just uh, normal as it normally is, you know, with people uh, uh, basically talking about their, their uh, present experiences. And uh, then you, you will get others who will come on and, and maybe give some tips or some insights on how uh that person can can uh basically remedy remedy uh that particular situation or so, you know something similar to that and that's it you know it was just routine uh, you know and so but but you know un- under the global system of racism white supremacy the, the uh with the victims uh it does render as a result of racist white supremacy it does it does result into uh confusion uh a level of toxin well even even when we are in the same place at the same time with the attempt of doing something saying something or doing something constructive there 
also can be something that does not go correctly can happen also that's the that's the dangers of racism white supremacy is where I look at it unless I've been misinformed got this old VGQ retired firefighter uh, with his perspective in Florida absolutely the uh, minimize kind of say that workplace perspective all the time like that should be at the forefront of counter racism minimizing conflict because uh, it happens a lot intentionally unintentionally and uh, the anti-blackness is pretty common as well unfortunately so <sighs> don't be too surprised about it try your best to minimize conflict strive for accuracy say that one regularly as well uh, let's see mm, caller in California uh, if you have comments here you should be with us as well much obliged retired firefighter can I be heard yes ma'am Oh, okay. Something that I thought was interesting about the whole vaccine thing is I actually experienced that uh, last week. I was supposed to work with a family friend who I've known pretty much my whole life, who comes over a lot, who uh, she's a non-female, and I was working for her because she does a lot of filming, and so I was going to be a production assistant, but she told me that I couldn't come to set and help her because I wasn't vaccinated. And I told her, you know, I'm going to wear a mask the whole time and socially distance. But she said that she didn't want to take that risk, which I thought was really interesting because, you know, she would have had that shoot before these vaccinations and she would have just had everyone wear a mask. So I'm already seeing it happening, um, like people losing income because they're not getting vaccinated. Another thing that I thought was interesting was, you know, if you're requiring me to get this vaccination then why don't you pay for it if you're telling me that I need to do it to work for you so that's just some thoughts I have wow that I'm not surprised that is kind of a bummer especially in California because they've had all kinds of uh, trying to recall the governor and everything down there like uh, but I'm not surprised um, for people to be that quick just yesterday I mean that is stunning just the news from yesterday like that's like milestone moment I think or at least for right now that's some of the more significant news of the year thus far like man I, I could see a lot more either individuals companies oh yeah gotta have a gotta be vaccinated and uh, proof the vaccine passports or whatever that they were talking about and if you're not gonna do it then get out of here um, yeah I could say I thought she was gonna say like a lottery system I, th- I was thinking uh, the carrot. I thought she was going to say that that happened with her, that they entered her name in a lottery and she could win, you know, by $50,000 or something like that. It was, oh no, they took the job. <laughs> like, dang. Like, uh, did you, did, uh, did you consider at any point, I guess, say, well, wait a minute, I could, maybe I could go get vaccinated and then, you know, we can still, you know, do the gig. Um, I didn't consider it because I don't think that I would have gotten paid enough and because I'm not insured right now. I believe that it, I would actually be getting losing money because I would be paying for the vaccine and getting paid less than I would have that day of work. I see. I see. Wow. Yeah, that's now see that's now 
going back to access now that's a whole lot of levels uh, I know some places depending on where you are the vaccine is free depending on where you are depending on what sort of resources who you know I knew people right here non-white people right here said hey you want to get a vaccine this was a while ago uh, closer to when you know they were first coming out said hey you want to get a vaccine you can get it right now don't even have to pay for it lots of less that's what I, one other level of what they call it minoritizing uh, that I've witnessed, they've had lots of reports saying that white people have had much better access uh, to the vaccines if they want to get them. Obviously, you got a lot of white people who've also said, you know, fully on the Rona, not doing mask vaccine, none of that. Uh, but either way, they've had easier, more plentiful access to the vaccines. And they were saying that they could see this sort of further stratification, minoritization uh, happening where if they start doing what they're called like uh, vaccine perks uh, where you get better seating and that sort of thing you can go to the grocery store with no mask and all the rest of it if they start doing that that it would be lots of white people who would be the ones who would have access to these type of perks not so much for non-white people not encouraging anyone to get vaccinated or not to do so just saying that has been the consistent report and not just on the local level, but that's been like the micro and the macro uh, globally saying the same thing. Non-white people just don't have the same sort of access and might have might have a lot of situations like that that end up even coming down on a workplace scenario. Wow. Uh, much obliged caller uh, in California. I'd be curious if anybody, if any other folks, you know, in that position, either if you're on a job, like I said, and you're being pressured uh, about being vaccinated and or if you are job hunting and is that you know popping up as a requirement like oh we love your resume and you would be an outstanding fit here but you don't have to be vaccinated before you know we can bring you on as a new hire like and would that be a deal breaker because I know we have some folks who have said you know staunchly no, no vaccine not doing it I'm not changing my mind like that is that so I mean hey as we that could be a deal breaker for employment opportunities you know or university include that too because I've seen a number of universities where they're saying the same thing and probably going to be more of that after what they said yesterday so uh, let's see other folks uh, who dialed in uh, let's see have her while she has reception Emmy uh, are you with us I am. Greetings, beautiful people, and thank you so much for unmuting me while I do have service. I should be able to get everything out before I lose it. Um, Namaskaram, Gus, and greetings, everyone else. Um, I'm in a really great mood. I put my two weeks in on Tuesday, and um, I'm just really excited. My last day doing this overnight gig will be the 25th, and... Um, I'm just so happy. Like, there's just really no, like, nothing else I can say. I'm really, really happy. I will say something that I I uh, observed was a little bit of anxiety prior to putting in my two weeks um, because I realized that sometimes I'm more, I feel safe in my comfort zone, even if my comfort zone is stressful and maybe unhealthy. And I realized that I was really hesitating to put in my two weeks until I kind of got to, like, I had to, you know, really just jump and do it, you know, and just say, okay, I'm letting go. Because I had options. I could completely quit or resign. 
I could go on on call because um, when I start medical school, I will be very far away. I won't be able to work, but I'll be coming home probably like every six weeks. I've built that into my self-care mental health kind of plan to make sure I get to see my family and everything and just take a break from being in school and all that stress. So I was like, well, if I come down here, if I stay on call, then I could pick up an overnight, you know, every now and then just to make sure I always kind of have a job because um, I experienced financial insecurity. Even though as a med student, we're not supposed to work. It's really frowned upon. Um, so you have to get, you know, meet your financial needs through scholarships, loans, grants, things like that. You don't have the time to work. Um you just don't. But I was like, well, I've never not worked. I've never not had a job. So I experienced anxiety around that. And I wanted to cling, even though after all the stress, I told you, I still wanted to hold on. That was something that I observed in myself. But Amy completely got over that, Googled resignation letter, because this is the first time, actually, I think the second time, that I've actually been able to resign in a professional way from a job. Every other time has been some kind of crazy thing where just crazy and stressful and um, uncodified, and it just it didn't work. So I actually submitted um, the white woman supervisor, you know, because at the end I said, you know, uh, hope you all, you know, something about, like, future success in your whatever. And she was like, you know, future success in your endeavors. I haven't seen her since. She hasn't made herself, like, in the house, but I don't care. Um, because I'm leaving. And I, another thing I kind of noticed um, when it comes to workplace racism, and I would just kind of expand it to, like, your career, I have a lot of fear around, um, I don't know how else to say this, but, like, standing in my, not maybe power, but not the context of white supremacy type of power, not white people power, but you know, my abilities, my skills, what makes me um, capable and strong and talented, also, like, my goals, you know, I kind of struggle to really own that and actually stand in that space. And I've realized by putting in my two weeks, and um, it is known that I'm going to medical school, um, and so the white white woman manager found out she knows, and it is what it is, doesn't matter how, just just, uh, always be careful what you say, even to people you trust, which is something that y'all know, but I kind of got excited and I did share, so it is what it is. But I think it's really important to own what makes you special, even in the workplace, because I think a lot of stress and trauma at the workplace can really chip at our self-esteem to what we do bring to the table and kind of and the fear will make us shy away. It will make me shy away. But that is crippling. It's maybe not crippling in that environment, but it's I'm shrinking away from who I am, what I'm doing, what I've worked hard for, and all that. Because the truth is, I feel like whether they know it or not, they're going to attack anyway. You know, that's kind of been my experience. I've been getting attacked long before they knew I was becoming a physician. But I will say to be strategic because I've been there for almost two years and no one knew until a couple of weeks ago. And it was like a whole thing like, whoa, we just thought you were a regular Negro and here you are actually like having goals and plans. And not to say being the physician is the goal and plan, but that you have goals and plans. 
um, everyone was so shocked thinking like, wow, you're going to be here forever like me. So always know what it is that you want, you know, no matter what you're in. And if you're comfortable, you're comfortable. But if not, like that part, I would definitely keep hidden until it's official that it's done. And then you bust out with your move. But those are just a couple of things that like I've been paying attention to. All the other drama and stress about training some girl and putting something in writing, I handled it professionally. My stuff is documented. It is what it is. Um, And now it's just time to celebrate my hard work and determination and end of this situation and move forward. And I cannot wait for my conversations to change about what I'm sharing with you all in the next, like, month or so. You know what I mean? Like, I'm excited. I'm so excited. So, Thank you all for your support. Thank you all for listening to me through the sagas and all this nonsense. But we on another level, y'all. So with that, I will mute myself. Thank you. Well, Radiant Emmy feeling great for her Friday evening. Uh, Do you know, I guess for med school, before we go over your spectacular report for the week, uh, do you know if they're uh, talking about whether you'll have to be vaccinated for for school uh, for med school this uh, this autumn or is that too far down the road? Um, we are not we do not have to be vaccinated starting this fall. However, they are thinking of mandating vaccines when we start rotations. So that might be different for the different years. So for me, I start at the beginning. So for the first two years, it might not be mandated to get it. But say someone is entering their third year, which is when you do rotations, your third and fourth year, it might be mandated for them. But I won't know that because I'm only receiving information as a first year. But I do know that they are saying that they're pretty much going to mandate it or require it because you have to go into um, these hospital systems to do your rotations. Hmm. Fascinating. Lots to consider for the school component now. Anyway, but that'll be down the road. More to chat on that later. Uh, that is spectacular, though. That's awesome. Whenever you get an opportunity to advance your career and you can exit a job professionally, uh, I think we talked about that before as well, where that's super important and can be really gratifying, too, to just be advancing and moving on to bigger and better things and feeling great about yourself. And I don't have to curse anybody out. I don't have to burn rubber as I peel out of the parking lot. Like, nope. Work out my last two weeks. Get my last few nickels stashed up and keep it moving. I think that's totally legitimate about just the homeostasis, right? We're humans. Everybody likes having a a certain level of uh, comfort, familiarity, you know, with... I've been working this job. I know what to expect, even with the craziness. I know what to expect there and can, you know, reasonably navigate things and what have you and reliable income to support yourself and, you know, whatever it is you're trying to do to give all that up and move on to something totally different and new routine and new challenges, new challenges that is, you know, very anxiety inducing, but also very exciting. Like, uh, sometimes as you said, you just have to, uh, just do it and <laughs> get out of the, the whole being scared and what ifs and, and all the rest of it. Just make that, especially to an upgrade, like a totally better situation, total improvement in your quality of life and allowing you opportunities to grow in so many ways. Like, psh, yeah, 
excellent and it's springtime too like right in line with the seasons like all about transition and bursting forth and opening up and metamorphosis like uh yeah it'll be awesome and glad to get out of there too you don't want to that's what we talk about like getting being in those environments where this is supposed to be like you have a, a specified amount of time where you're going to be here whatever it is uh and then bam i'm using this to move on to something else like making sure that you don't get stuck there like bravo sticking to the plan and not getting stuck uh and i also think there's something to be said like not coming in like the first she said she worked there for like two years or so not coming in and letting everybody know from day one oh yeah i'm applying to med school and blah 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 and all this like nope <laughs> keep all that to yourself uh you can be professional courteous but it's no need to have everybody in your business she said this was something where they just recently found out after two years you got some med school nigger here like what that's the way that you want to be do not let them know about all of your ambitions and life goals and all that we've heard too many horror stories and one is one too many uh, about victims of racism being sabotaged by their co-workers who found out about their ambitions congratulations Emmy Woo! good times are coming hard work but good times uh, let's see uh, number again is 720 Seven one six seven three hundred. The code five six four nine four three pound. Press star six one if you would like to participate. Email again until justice at gmail dot com. You can read your commentary if you have any concerns uh, about uh, being identified all the rest feel free let us know uh, or you can write it out email either if you have commentary or suggestions and we can share it on the air uh, like I said I am very curious uh, I guess we'll hear more about this as the weeks coming days and weeks but uh, the impact of the news yesterday if that is encouraging people to be more aggressive uh, about the vaccines in the workplace and kind of trying to peer pressure folks into getting vaccinated or you know if it's still too early to tell uh, if, if people are thinking that this this may impact uh, some of their employment resources or opportunities uh, moving forward or academic same thing uh, that you're going to now you know have to be vaccinated to, to do things that you want to do or to advance in your career let us know like I said I'm also very curious to ch chat with some of the folks in different parts of the world uh, to hear because I don't I haven't heard the same type of reports for other areas so yeah it will be different to contrast that on Sunday uh, let's see My folks are still spectating I will say again if we have listeners where your workplace has not been chaotic, like either if you've been working at a physical location or if you've been working uh, remotely, if you have, you know, you have not really had any major upheavals, no major problems, people have taken it seriously. It hasn't, you know, been an unsafe work situation for you. No problems. You, you know, if you've needed time off to handle things, you've got it. If it has been stable for you, relatively speaking, over the last 14, 15 months or so, 
definitely let us know how you have been able to do that. Um, uh, even, you know, within the past month or so, and even with all the workplace safety issues that have come up, not just with COVID-19, but just random disgruntled employees, many of them classified as white, uh, where violence erupts and all the rest of it. Like, man, if you have, uh, had a relatively tranquil work environment, let us know how you have been able to accomplish that, especially if you, you know, are at a physical, uh, location. Uh, let's see. I'll double check, make sure. Didn't miss any emails as well. Yeah, I think so. Until justice at gmail.com. Uh, I guess if we have any folks, I did play the segment. If we have any folks, if you have been able to collect unemployment benefits uh, while this is rolling, I know we talked to some people who said that even with that, it seemed like there was quite a bit of white supremacy racism where it seemed like they were taking a really long time dragging their feet, as they say, uh, with processing unemployment claims uh, and or denying claims and that type of a thing. Uh, people talked about access uh, issues as well. Sometimes it's, you know, because you don't have Wi-Fi or whatever it is. Uh, but if we have folks who are doing unemployment, uh, let us know, because uh, they were talking about that and saying, see, we got these moochers. That's the problem. We got these moochers. Folks aren't even trying to go out and get a job. They just want to stay at home and get their Rona check, that sort of thing. Let us know uh, if we have that. Again, I've had any resources that you are able to qualify for and access. Uh, if you're a victim of white supremacy, bravo, outstanding. Get as much of it as you uh, possibly can. Uh, white people are, again, just like affirmative action, they are the greatest moochers in the known universe. So whatever to all of that. But if you have any folks getting unemployment, you can let us know uh, for sure. Uh, let's see. folks are still getting their thoughts together uh, and or spectating if it has been that spectacular where it's been a tranquil work environment for you if you're a victim of racism I applaud your efforts uh, if you have been on your counter racist grind to achieve some of that uh, but uh, for sure be alert to other things that are happening uh, around you uh, and to just misconduct in general that might be happening in the workplace might be important moving forward and if things have been so tranquil you should be able to invest racism hyphen notes dot blogspot dot com racism hyphen notes dot blogspot dot com listener supported counter racist radio Hit the blog PayPal button, top right corner. Also on Cash App, cash.app forward slash dollar sign, the cows. But that's if, for the folks who are in a super plush work condition, don't have any problems, racism is not an issue for them, at least at this moment, things are not too bad. Feel free to invest. Uh, for the folks, I can only say again, because we've had like cows listeners uh, who've unfortunately had to dial in and talk about being called uh, a Negro or some other sort of uh, racist slur uh, in the workplace. Uh, keeping your composure. That's number one. Can't say that enough. Uh, like, but really, like you should already in mind have like a specific code for if you're called a Negro. Like, I feel like that's one that is so common like 
that I mean, even if it's a like if it's I don't know if Joe Biden, <laughs> you work at the White House, he called you a nigger. Like maybe it catches me off just for a millisecond. Like did the president just call me? And then all right, what's my code for being called? What do you do with a nigger, President Biden? I mean, you should already have whatever your code is. What is a nigger? What do you do to a nigger? Why are you calling me a nigger? Can you repeat that, President Biden? You pull out your recorder, whatever, you know, whatever you think is the best way for you to respond to being called a nigger like that should be one that you've already got, like in your counter racist workplace toolkit, like any sort of unwanted touching. Bang. Already got that. That's I don't even have to think about that. Already got a response for that. Somebody or solicits a political opinion or perspective from me. I already got that in my toolbox. I don't have to think about that. And hmm, what's the best thing? I don't talk about politics in the workplace. Do not ever touch me again. And then, you know, whatever your, your inward response, right? We already got that. Pick one. We talked about a bunch of them on the program, but where at least I feel like we have, if people feel like we have not, and this is something that you need to go over because you don't have your inward response or your, whatever the racial slur is, if it's coon or spear chucker or whatever they call you, you should have that response because that's too common to be stunned to have somebody who is even like remotely a casual counter racist fan. Like, oh my gosh, you called me what? A nigger. Oh, and like, you had to do something better than that. I already got in you know, composure. Can't say it enough. Composure, composure, composure. Take deep breaths. Take a break. Go to the bathroom. Get water. Try to say, I try to say that often too. If you feel like you're getting excited, right? You're flustered. Somebody did get on your nerves, which can't happen. Do your deep breaths and all that. Glass of water. That helps lower your blood pressure can't talk you've got to drink water right you'll get choked always get and drink some water you wait long enough you have to go to the bathroom so that's going to mandate oh got to stop all this talking for a little bit and then i can go think catch my breath take a little bit more time maybe get some more water while i'm you know do my restroom break and then come back and we can re-engage but really really important and again white like that elderly fella uh even though he's deceived the elderly race soldier uh they will do things to try to upset you they will, you know, call you names and all the rest of it. Just be really mindful of that. That is so common and it seems to work so frequently where, you know, maybe I guess they can catch a lot of us on days. Maybe we're a little bit more agitated or not patient or whatever it is. But just be really alert to that. Be really disciplined about that. Racist. They love to do the name calling thing. They love to get you to break your composure. Counter racist must. Got to stay composed. Uh, let's see. Other folks who dialed in. Oof, I hope we do not hear from people who say they do not have a code for being called a nigger in the workplace. Like, oof, I feel like hiding under the table. Uh, let's see. Other folks we've missed totally. Gretch, can I share a story really quick? Uh, Radiant image. She's so bubbly. She has extra to share. Yes, ma'am. Um, so I was getting my temperature checked. We have to get our temperature checked every night. And uh, I wear a ring. I have a ring. My grandmother's ring. For me, a very gorgeous ring. No one ever really pays any attention to it, but the nurse happened to pay attention. And she said, oh, that's a, a white woman nurse. She said, oh, that's a very lovely ring. Can I see? So I just, like, put my hand up, and she reached out and touched me, and I pulled back <laughs> and, like, just very viscerally, like, oh, my God. And... um she was like, oh, I'm sorry. She was like, and then, it, like, it was just a moment, right? We were talking about something else. 
And then, um, because that's one of my codes, like sometimes I don't have words. I just have dramatic reactions or like twist my face up, you know? Um, and then so she asked me later, cause I, I think she felt offended. She was like, well, do you need to wash your hands? Uh, because, because I touched you, you seemed really, you know, whatever she said. And I said, um, I will wash my hands, but I just hate being touched. I said, I'm just like that. I don't like to be touched. And she was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I said, the kids know it. Everyone knows it. I hate to be touched. And um, for me, that works. It's been working. It even works with the kids because the kids always want to touch me. A lot of them are white kids. And I'm just like, I hate being touched. Stop touching me. Like, don't touch me. Um, that's a physical boundary and respect it. I actually say that to the kids. So just in case someone needed other ways to come up with codes for touching and whatnot. I really do, Gus, I hate to admit it, but, I mean, the kids will um, call us nigger and stuff like that all the time, but kids and adults, how you respond, I think might be a little different. I think if an adult called me nigger at the workplace, it has not happened, um, but I would probably do one of my awkward stares and be like, hmm, that's interesting, and then proceed to, like, note it in my phone. Because I just feel like any talking... I'm not asking any questions. I, I I don't want to. I just say, hmm, that's interesting. Or ask me if I don't know their name, get their name. I have done that before. Like, if I feel like someone's being rude, I'm like, I'm sorry. I didn't catch your name. And <laughs> sometimes they will be like, uh-huh, you know, yeah, I have a right to have your name if you're at work and all that kind of stuff. But anywho, that's it. Thanks, y'all. Set those boundaries uh, so important in the workplace boundaries, boundaries about uh, what is acceptable to discuss boundaries uh, about your uh, physical body uh, and being touched any part, fingers, hair, any part, shoulders, anything being touched in any way. Uh, But setting boundaries, even about what you are going to talk about setting boundaries is so critically important. Uh, important and then enforcing those boundaries you know you might not even have to say anything she said I didn't say a word I just the nonverbals said enough like whoa she looked like I sprinkled SARS on her like what is going on (laughs) like uh and I mean really they I know people just heard the news yesterday they're all excited and everything but I mean really like it's been 14 months of no handshaking and you're not supposed to be close to people like we are not that cool for you to have your grubby paws all on my hand and everything and even beyond all that as you said like it's not into being touched you know we're in a workplace situation we're not that intimate and particularly you all work with children like everybody should be big time about no touching like man we had enough allegations and all that in facilities with children like yes we are going to be excellent about setting physical boundaries with other staff students everybody as she said I let the students know I don't don't like to be touched we get along great and that's great modeling because so many of these children in a vulnerable position to have someone modeling it yes you can set boundaries with your body you can and should set boundaries with your body uh, and certainly I probably would handle it uh, substantially different it would be a different response if uh, some child even if it was a white child in a workplace setting called me a nigra as opposed to a staff member and yeah that's you know Lots of great options if a staff person calls you a nigra. Lots of better options than bopping up, uh, bopping them upside the head. 
that is not a good option ever or calling them a name back or anything like all of those are bad options really bad options uh, let's see uh, folks that we have missed totally uh, if you have commentary as well namaste Emmy uh, folks we've missed totally Hello, can I be heard? Helen in New York, yes ma'am. Hi, um I sent a audio to your um Gmail account and I want to know if you got it. Um if you if not you if you can check your spam please. Checking going right now. Let's see. Which one is you? What's your email? Or, uh, sorry, 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 sorry. No, no, no. Here's forever and ever. Can't believe I did that. I try to be uh, cautious, not make people feel like they gotta give out their uh, email over the phone and all that stuff. No, it's okay. <laughs> it's much obliged. Uh, one second, almost, almost, almost. This is this is a workplace racism audio that we got for reals. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yes, I reported so my coworker. <laughs> I reported a coworker, not my coworker. A coworker <laughs> talking about the um the mayor uh election, the Marais, the mayor election that's coming up soon. I think I got it. I think I got it. Oh, okay, I got it, I got it, I got it. Okay. Uh you I got can, it? Okay. I can I, I can just play, play it right now. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can okay. play. Let's see. Let's see. Give me a couple seconds here. Let's see how fast our Wi-Fi is. We can uh, upload this file. Let's see. Recorded the coworkers. Um, give us give us the context here. So we're, you said they were talking about the mayor's race. Yes. Um. Well, okay. The name of the of the audio is um, proof that white people are not ignorant, and he's going to. The coworker, the white male, is going to break down white people, black people. He's going to break it down. <laughs> He's going to break it down. Okay. Uh, white people are not ignorant about racism. Uh, mayor's race. Here we go. And this, what part of the, the world is this? New York, the Rotten Apple. Rotten Apple. Oh, the mayor's <laughs> mayor's race the mayor's race gee whiz the that we have to pay attention to the mayor's race that's right nyc okay nyc mayor's race let's go so it looks like the mayor's race is heating up it's going to be soon that we vote right now like september or something we got the chinese guy we got the black guy we got the white guy and we got a couple of white women those seem to be the choice Oh, you know, I wasn't going to, but considering the situation, I decided that yes, I am going to vote. Morning. Morning. I mean, one hand we got Black Bloomberg, right? That's what I call the guy. Yeah, Black Bloomberg, the black businessman who's got a ton of money and he wants to be the mayor. What's his name? 
Yeah, I don't either. We just everybody just calls him Black Bloomberg. The Black Bloom. You didn't hear that? They were calling him that for a while. Really? I've never. He's heard a that. rich guy. He's a rich black dude. I don't know how he made his money, and he got a uh, Institute Law and Order. Mm. Hey, good morning. Well, after the last president, you know, I'm not in favor of any businessman being a politician ever again. Forget about that. Then you got the white guy. Who's the white guy? Scott Stringer. He runs Scott for mayor every time. Oh, okay. Yeah, that you means know, he, he always loses. So he's not going to win. Not only that, he got a sexual harassment thing going on. So that's not good either. Then you have, what's her name? Maxine Wiley? Her last name is Wiley, I know. She's that black lady with the, with the gray hair. I don't think I've seen any images. I've seen Andrew Yang. Yeah, there's two black women. Two black uh, women? Wow. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of candidates, really, but these are like the big five, kind of, at the moment. One of the women's name is Wiley. She's a defund the police person. Wants to flood the city with social workers. Take care of the community. <laughs> That's a good guy. Especially not after this weekend. All those people get blasted at Times Square. And then there's another defund the police, or she's another black woman. She wants to really defund the police. You know, there's a two to three billion. So people aren't going to go for that either. Mm. So for me, by process of elimination, I think it's going to be Andrew Yang. He's smart, he's Chinese. You know, he's smart. Considering the situation, that's good enough for me. I guess I'll vote for him. Okay. Why not start He got, the, well, you know what, he always loses. <laughs> yeah, no. I've run for mayor like a billion times. Mm. Things didn't get any better under him. You know, and he got the sexual harassment thing hanging over his head. He says he didn't do it. She said he did. Mm. I'm not sure exactly what he did. So I just don't think he can win. He never wins. You know? How many times has he run for mayor? I remember him. I remember him when David Dinkins was mayor. I think running for mayor. <laughs> there you go. The guy's always running for mayor. <laughs> running for mayor. Remember when Mark Green ran for mayor? Mark Green lost to Bloomberg. One of the Bloomberg, you know. And uh, anyway, Scott Stringer's running for mayor then too. <laughs> you know, everybody loves to run for mayor. Maybe he'll get in. I don't know. But I think the black guy has a basic message problem. He wants to stand for law and order and everything, right? And all that, you know? So he's got to get all, so he, as a black guy, has to get all those racists like in Brooklyn and Staten Island to vote for him. You know, because they always go with the law and order crowd. You know what I mean? The Giuliani Bloomberg crowd, you know? So now they're going to have a dilemma. They go for a black guy, you know? They're not going to want to do that, you know? But at the same time, they want a law and order. See how it plays out. He got to get a significant white vote though to win, you know, because blacks and Latinos are not going to vote for. Mm. You know, I don't think. Mm. So I see it, Andrew Young and <laughs> you know, Andrew Young and knows. <laughs> you know. But who knows? It could be anybody. It's a long time between now and September. Andrew Young. He's in Georgia. I thought. Uh... I don't think he's going to vote for Andrew Yang either. Context. Chinese guy here. Okay. 
context of white supremacy. Yes, Andrew Young is the black male who worked with Dr. King. Andrew Yang, so-called Asian male in the race. Uh, he might might have just been a you know slip of the tongue where he said the name incorrectly. Come to your own conclusions. How in the world uh, did this conversation come up? Did, did, did you all have like a rapport? Do you all chat normally? Did he just come up to you and just, what about that mayor's race? That's what he does. Every once in a while, he'll just start talking. And I, since I know this, I just um, put my recorder on as soon as I get off the train. So when I come in, boom. Um, I find that white people, they just talk. They don't care, like, what's on your mind, what you're doing, nothing. If they feel like talking, they will talk. And I have one, I mean, well, not that I have one, but there's one at the job that just openly talks. And since I don't get offended and, oh, what you talking about? And since I don't argue, nothing like that, he talks freely. And I'm like, yes, please do. Wow. He took it all the way back to uh, David Dinkins and like the whole, like, wow, like uh, this fella does not seem ignorant about racism at all. Like he's getting to the demographic problem. uh, Voluntarily too, like this was not something where you had to probe or anything to get like, he's just chatting it up freely. Uh, about all this like wow um, I'd say that's a great job in not um, volunteering right to to hop in and give a lot of your views and oh and let me you know stop and, and you know give you my five minute spiel on David Dinkins and you know let me uh, you know give you my thoughts on you know Mr. Yang's campaign thus far and all the rest of it like nope, I am just here to listen like Really? What does that mean? Yes. Black Bloomberg? Re- what is I'm sorry? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I just repeat, I'll say a very little, you know, just to keep it going. But no, I don't give my opinion at all. That is the way it should be, in my view, in the workplace. Um, like, because I mean, you're not there to talk about politics. Like, I don't think it's anybody uh, on that's participating in this program right now. If you are going to a job or when you went to a job, retired firefighter or anybody else that's retired, uh, you don't get up and go to the fire department wherever you work at. You don't get up and go and, oh, yeah, today I'm going to do my job. But, you know, in between, I'm going to make sure that I let everybody know what I think about the mayor's race. Like that is not what you woke up with on your agenda. That's not what you get paid for. Certainly as someone who's trying to study counter racism and practice counter racism. That should not be on the agenda at all. So this fellow wants to talk. Fine. Let him talk. I'll see what I can learn. And once again, they just confirm if you are white, you are not ignorant about racism. He knows his other white New Yorkers. They're not voting for Mike Adams. Like, uh, no, no, no. These these black ladies, they're not even serious candidates. So you hear what he said? These black ladies aren't even serious candidates. Talking about defunding the police. Nah. That's that's not going anywhere. Get out. He laughed at he's, he's just laughed the whole time. Like <laughs> they're not even serious. Get out of here. <laughs> White people are not voting for any black people. <laughs> they don't want to do that. Nah, nah, nah. It's not gonna work. 
I don't even think he's going to vote for Andrew Yang. Like, I could be totally wrong. That could be who's vote. It's been my experience that white people don't even like uh, telling black people who they're going to vote for. It's been my experience. They don't even like divulging who they're going to vote for publicly a lot anyway, but particularly to another black person like no they will do the old fake out and all this other stuff tell you that they're going to vote for obama and then vote for trump or what because he even did that he got his little i don't trust any businessman politician after that last fellow we had in office <laughs> like whatever like you probably voted for trump twice get out of here like uh we'll have to see maybe we'll we'll see september he said it could be a long lots of things could happen between now and september we'll see uh if mr yang wins the race but if he does I don't know if this fellow will be, you know, the reason or part of the reason why. Wow. Uh, much obliged for Shancy that you can use your recorder in the workplace. Like she said, she was ready. Like that's, I have observed. I've studied this white fella. He will do this. <laughs> Just come up and be chatting away. She said she had her recorder ready and wham, like, you can use those phones for constructive purposes in the workplace and make some extraordinary nabs. Um, yeah, might be something to, to consider. You certainly don't have to share, you know, with us, but I mean, that was a pretty good one. Like, wow, we will save that. Uh, maybe see if Mr. Yang is successful, uh, much obliged Helen in New York. Wow. Uh, let's see other folks that we have missed totally. If you have commentary to share lines should be open. Hello, can I be heard? Uh, greetings, Golden. Yes, ma'am. Hi, this is Golden in Ohio. Um, I will uh, give a couple of things. I'll start off with the COVID update. Um, our state governor is one of the ones who has come up with the campaigns called Vaximillion, and I believe in a week or two, they're going probably about for five consecutive weeks, they are going to draw five one million dollar winners, 18 and up. For and all you have to do is have had at least one of the vaccines, your first vaccine. Um, also, you know, they've made the um, vaccine available to 12 to 70-year-olds. So he doesn't leave out the 12 to 17-year-old Ohioans. Those that get vaccinated, their names will go into a drawing, five winners um, also, to get a full four-year scholarship, tuition, room, and board to any Ohio college. Going to be five of those. The program, they're going to announce them, the winners, the same night that they pull the lottery. So at 729, maybe on Wednesday nights, I don't play the lottery, so I don't know. But I'm assuming. So he's going to do that. Um, The controversial part, I guess, is that the prizes or the millions are going to be paid for by federal corona stimulus dollars that are left over in Ohio, which I don't even think that that's 
appropriate or that that is falling within any guidelines. And my suspicion is that at some point at the end of it, they're going to say, oops, you know, we can't use this money. But uh, next week there will be a press conference that's going to, um, I guess, flash out flesh out some more details. But I kind of saw this coming because um, in USA Today, I think it was on 510, President Biden announced he was going to be meeting with six governors. Our governor was one of them, and he was looking for um, ways to get more people vaccinated against COVID-19. So it was Ohio, Utah, Massachusetts, Minnesota, and New Mexico with Ohio and Utah, we're both tracking really low at the bottom of the states as far as um, coming up to their threshold. So Biden's quote, which really stuck with me, was, now we're going to have to bring the vaccines to people who are less eager. So the next day, our governor goes out with the lottery-type million thing. Um, And if you know, traditionally, lottery, scratch-offs, all that, it's really targeted to black people and, you know, impoverished, I I would say, neighborhoods. Um, The lottery just really goes after that segment. Um, So I just kind of felt that was a direct targeting and, of course, there's a lot of chatter among black people. Are you going to get in on it? Are you going to get in on it if you haven't got it? And um, it's just a little disgusting to me that um, he would do that. But throughout this whole COVID thing, he's done specific targeting to um, blacks and Hispanics where he's had special town halls. He's gotten a lot of the influential people in both communities to make a lot of commercials. They're going on all the radio. They're doing TV ads. And it's they're really talking like, hey, black people or, hey, you know, Hispanics, you know, this is really safe. And I know you might not understand it. Really kind of um, speaking in a condescending and really dumbed down manner. So that just kind of stuck out with me. Um with that in mind, our uh, Wednesday, my job, uh, they're not requiring us still to uh, receive vaccines, but Wednesday they said they were going to give, uh, um, make vaccines available on site, and they were available today. So within 48 hours, we've got appointments and we've got vaccines for you. So come on through and get them. You can bring your insurance card. If not, you can get it free. You can just say you don't have insurance and get it free. Um, We just had a bevy of emails, and my head's been spinning the last 48 hours. So um, they're ending our free meals. Uh, Today was the last day for that. We're going back to our work, our work uh, attire beginning Monday, which You know, I was very happy. A lot of people told me, like, you never deviated, and I was like, thumbs up. The most I did was wear a hoodie or I would wear a shirt that had writing on it. And a lot of times it was um, 
you know, something positive. It wasn't like a beer T-shirt or tequila or anything like that. That was the most I had done, and I think I wore like a sports team. But um, we're doing that, and since uh, the CDC has updated their guidance, um, a final email we got as I was leaving today was that um, uh, our governor also said that uh, June 2nd, all the restrictions that he's had in place are up. So no mask, no capacity, no distancing, everything's going to expire. And uh, so my job rattled out something like, with that, we're going back to, we're returning to pre-pandemic work practices. So if you've been on a rotation, forget about it. Everybody return to normal work practices as of June 2nd. So it's just like in two or three weeks, get yourself together and report to work. And... um I think I'll end right there. So that was pretty much so. My head has been just trying to figure out how I'm going to uh, navigate this because I have not received a shot. I did have COVID earlier, but um, being familiar with our policy and procedure, I think I might have to pull something out of there if the people that are anxiously awaiting no mask you know, start to infringe upon space and start to do things which I I will consider, you know, not in a, a, a healthy and safe work environment. So um, I'll end with that. Wow. I said that, I said that at kind of the early start of the uh, broadcast today that I had seen that, like they had all kinds of wacky, incentives and you could win a million dollars and all this other stuff which seemed uh, it would not like that would not motivate me to go get a vaccine like you could be thrown in for a lottery to win you know a certain amount of dollars or whatever it is like no, uh, but that I, I apparently I am not in the the crowd because she said it was a number. Of folks. I was like, "Hey, are you gonna go?" <laughs> like, seemed like they they were uh, at least had their interest peaked. Um, that I mean, yeah, I, I have no idea. Like, I, I also would not be surprised that they if something came up that said no, you can't use the funds for that, or why not? Can those funds not be used for like renters' assistance or something more tangible uh, than? <laughs> a lottery payoff for someone for getting a anyway um, it has all been confusing the entire 14 months I have no idea what that will look like uh, come next month uh, if you have like even a you know small number of folks who've been in the you know no mask no vaccine the Rona's a joke crowd how do you now distinguish them between the people who you know, are vaccinated and supposedly safe and, and all the rest of it. Like, how do you tell, you know, which is which like that? Uh, yeah. Two to three weeks sounds like really, really close uh, to be right back, especially if it's like right back to business as usual. Like, does that mean so the cafeteria is open? Like you said, it's no more free meal. So the cafeteria is open, <laughs> like normal, like back to business, back to business. Like, whoa, that is uh, hmm, quite a bit to consider. Yeah. <laughs> like, man, that is uh, wow. 
that is quite a bit to you. So do you not, do you not want to get the vaccine? Are you no, no on the vaccine? Um, at the moment I am no. And, um, for the foreseeable future, I'll probably be no for quite a bit of time. Um, and a lot of that is because I did work throughout the whole pandemic. So I'm someone who came out of the house and worked the whole time and existing through the, um, I guess, through the waves of it. I can see that there's ways to, you know, just go out and be safe and secure and, you know, the things that we were doing when there was not a vaccine available. So I do feel like I said my head's kind of spinning. I just came home and laid down after work and was like, wow, we're just about to swing back the other way. And uh, all the people that, you know, I kind of had to write my little uh, report up. And incidentally, I'm going to do my um, get back to my um, the uh, group that's the employee. Uh, uh, I forget what the name of the group is, but I'm going to ask them specifically exactly what you said. Um, how are we going to um, not mandate the vaccine, but how do we keep everyone still safe and able to uh, practice their own personal um, preference. You know, are we going to make people not wear masks, but if someone is wearing a mask, are they going to have protection against some type of harassment? Or, you know, I'm just going to throw out a few questions and have them flesh out the um what they intend to do with any foreseeable things. I'm not going to give them any scenarios. I'm just going to say, hey, how are you going to handle this? Because not everyone's going to be vaccinated. Some people may choose to wear a mask still. Some people still may uh, wear gloves, sanitize, all this. So how are we going to ensure that those people are not, you know, victimized by people who, either have the shot or people who treated it, you know, as a joke this whole time, because working with these people, I know that they're going to just have a field day. So I've even considered like maybe being off the rest of that week, like take off June 2nd through like the 7th or the 8th and just let them get it out of their system and maybe come back a week after. And that's it. That is something to consider. I think non Clemson grad, um, he had been, they, I think he had the option to work remotely, but he said he chose to just continue going in because there were so few people there. Uh, he could be there safely. And I think they had some sort of really, uh, intrusive software that they wanted to like monitor people while they were working from home. So he, you know, for obvious reasons, didn't want to do that. So he'd been working uh, remote. Well, he'd been working at the physical location, but with like very few people, skeleton, skeleton crew, as they call it. Everyone came back full force recently. And I think he said he took the first couple of days off first day or two off just so he could kind of miss that initial energy and kind of ease into being back around all the madness. But I mean, I re- I've started laughing, even though it's not funny. I remember Golden gave like an extensive report 
describing the people in in her workplace white people many of them went around mocking people for wearing masks and mocking the regulations and flouting the rules and not distancing and deliberately standing in space so they would come in contact with people like how do you distinguish from these folks who would seem like they might not be the first in line to be vaccinated as opposed to all the folks who have been properly vaccinated like what in the world like these and i'm sure she said some of these folks have got to be just literally licking their chops like we wait till i get back in the workplace i'm licking my fingers and i'm going around and smacking everybody in the face i'm chest bumping everybody like i told them it was a joke to begin with look at this they wasted all this time i didn't get vaccinated i've worn a mask in five years (laughs) waiting to just come cut a fool like and i heard other people say that yesterday too it just seemed like wow like this is kind of abrupt it seems there's so many people who are still not vaccinated and or people who said all this was a shame to begin with like Hmm. Wacky days indeed. Uh, the number again, 720-716-7300. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Uh, if there are other folks, if they have that, like she was, uh, Golden was talking about the I don't know if that is a city or some sort of city or state campaign to you get a lottery system for people who get vaccinated and then maybe you can win some prize or something uh, to try to encourage folks who've not been vaccinated. I've even heard that from uh, some workplaces as well, like smaller scale type things, same thing, carrot type things, give some incentives for people to do this. Kind of let us know if they're doing that, trying to, I mean, it's manipulation. You know, it's one form of manipulating people to do something uh, to let us know if they're doing that, if it's been impactful. Like I said, for me, the lottery thing is not, I don't do the lottery. Uh, Incidentally, uh, when Golden, she said uh, that, black people tend to be more into the lottery and such. I was curious, like, really? Is that true? <laughs> I was, I was thinking about it. So I was looking, I was trying to find information online and they did, I did find a study uh, where they were talking about that. Uh, and they, the, the concluding remark literally of the report is the study concludes that increased levels of lottery play are linked with certain subgroups in the U S population, males, blacks, native Americans, and those who live in disadvantaged neighborhoods minoritized I guess that is uh, so I guess there is something to that I don't know why I thought I was surprised about that but I guess since I've never been a lottery player I don't like Vegas not my thing but apparently that is a part of white supremacy racism too don't play the lottery uh, even for the vaccine uh, let's see other folks who are with us if you have commentary to share 720-716-7300 the code 564-943-POUND press star 61 if you would like to participate can I be heard? caller in California yes sir um I'm a person who, um, when COVID um, made my workplace um, unavailable, I um, neglected to get um, on unemployment 
because of the um my confusion and my stigma around um not wanting to be on um, getting um welfare or government assistant in that in that in that manner. But um after realizing that um this COVID thing is gonna be um a prolonged endeavor, I uh, eventually did get on um unemployment and it has um definitely provided a um nice buffer and um giving me um time and energy to um compensate for my um lack of uh, employment whether it's through um studying um kind of racist materials or um working on my next um field career field which I am um, attempting to um get into um IT tech so I'm studying um and learning um that so I can certify and whatnot so um I didn't know that um um that white people were um such moochers and um the people who received the most benefits in um the society until I um began to understand racism and white supremacy, what it is and how it works. And um also um I read this um document um called um Simple Sabotage um field manual with um some fellow attempted um counter racists and um it's very um a good example of how um in the workplace um how racism and white supremacy is on practice because in that manual it goes over um this thing called simple um sabotage and it mentions how um in the workplace to um promote the unskilled worker over the um skilled worker to um, have it set up so in order to get, like, small things done, you have to go through um, multiple people and to um, have prolonged meetings about nonsense. And um, I'm, like, I'm reading this document. I'm like, this is what happens in um, many, many um, workplaces. And I hear this sort of sabotage on the um, cows all the time. So the document is called, um, it's a declassified CIA document called, um, Simple Sabotage Field Manual, for those who are interested in um, reading the document. Um, it was very interesting to check out. And I'll be all. Much obliged, sir. Um, reading more important than watching television. Um, <clears throat> I think uh, even the beginning part of what you had to, to share I think that's so important because I think the system of white supremacy does such a a great job with victims where they will, they will condition non-white people, not all, but they'll condition a lot of us to think, Oh man, you can't get, you know, any sort of of help or anything like that. Like, Oh my goodness, that's, that's just ridiculous. You know, you don't want to be getting help from, from anybody, you know, that makes you a moocher, you know? And like you just said, the greatest moochers in the world are white and nobody does anything of significance without all kinds of help. So nothing incorrect about getting uh, constructive assistance. I think he said it's been outstanding, been able to invest his time and energy, developing a new skill, 
looking into a new career, which I think is what that investment is supposed to be for like training and all the rest of it. Like, yeah, like, but they will do that. They will stigmatize where white people can do that sort of thing and waste all kinds of time and energy on absolutely nothing. No problem. Black people. Oh my gosh. They're trying to go to school. Oh God. Negras going to school. Get out of here. I mean, that's the sort of attitude that the system of white supremacy encourages. So I'm so glad that you were able to get constructive resources so that you can use your time and energy. Well, study, read, advance your career. Like that's what a system of justice. I think that's closer to what a system of justice would look like. Like it would not be a problem. Anybody who needs help would be able to get help. What's the problem about that? And it wouldn't be, we got to call you some names and stigmatize you because you needed some constructive help. Like that is, you know, symptom of the looniness of the system of white supremacy right there. Um, but Bravo using your time and energy. Well, resources. Well, like give it up, keep it up. Hope things will, uh, continue to improve for you. Um, but all the sabotage, I mean, absolutely those types of things. It does seem like there's a great abundance, uh, making it difficult to get small tasks accomplished, wasting time. We talked about that earlier today, wasting time, deliberately wasting time on things that have nothing to do with what we're supposed to be accomplishing. Our work duties, just nonsense. And I think a lot of people can sense that that's a lot of, of how people can, uh, what they'll call check out of situations when they get a sense that this is just wasting my time. Like they don't even value what we do and are just treating us like we're simpletons, like can kind of be easy to get people where they're just not very vested uh, in what's happening. Maybe easier to control. Uh, let's see. Uh, number again, seven, two, zero, seven, one, six, seven, three hundred. The code five, six, four, nine four three pound press star six one if you would like to participate uh i heard that from somebody else they were saying it was very similar and along the lines of feeling some type of way of getting uh constructive uh assistance uh or staying with a parent something of that nature we're just you know system of racism white supremacy like no one should feel bad about constructive help or anything of that sort uh, in this system. If we were not in a system of racism, we would probably all be like light years ahead of where we are now in all areas of people activity. So nothing to feel bad. It's an indictment of racist man, racist woman and uh, help is just help, you know, get what you need to get on to the next level and keep it moving. But we should never feel bad just to make the end point. We should never, ever, ever, feel bad about getting constructive help. Nothing incorrect at all about constructive help. We're not talking about helping you uh, break into somebody's car or helping you uh, manufacture crack cocaine. Constructive help is constructive help. Like, what's wrong with that? Uh, Let's see. Other folks that we have uh, totally missed, uh, if you have commentary to share, the line should be open. Have you heard? Caller in Florida? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, sir. Greetings to Gus, the host, the listeners and callers. 
uh, have some uh, incident reports and observations I would like to share. Uh, I'll start out with uh, my first one was um, I noticed another screenshot where the racist post, at least I, I think was an act of racism, um, from one of the uh, white females in the in the uh, click game. Uh, let me see if I can read it. Um, just a moment. Okay, it says it's a post where it says press two for English, and then in the response it says two, like you press two when you call in a company or something, and then it says AT&T rep. And it says, thank you for cooling AD&D. All right? So it has it uh, phonetically, like, written out to make a mockery of some uh, some type of uh, non-white person's um, speech. So this is somebody that I work with, right? And they got a lot of thumbs up on it. Um, I say that to go to my next one. Uh, earlier this week, I got even more white people wanting to share jokes. So I say, hey, my code is I want to write these down. So this person said I have two of them. Um, but these two were, they definitely... One was more sexual than the other. The first one was something about, he said, um, he had five flies in his house that he wanted to swat and kill, like swat. And he said three were male and two were female. And, uh, and one way that I knew that they were male and female is the three males that I killed were on the refrigerator and the and the two females that I swatted were on the phone, like, I guess, you know, making a stereotype of uh, um, females liking to be chatting on the phone or something like that. And then he said the second one was his wife divorced him. He said, my wife divorced me, and she ran off with my friend. And, uh, you know, how long was he my friend? And he said, ever since yesterday. So I'm like, is he talking about, <laughs> you know, prostitution or something? There's something in that. So I wrote both of them down. Um, so I went to go talk to a white woman supervisor. I said, I didn't want to repeat these. But two years ago, 2019, I told about, I'm a, I'll say his name, Robert Vaughn. Uh, what do you call a black woman with braces? So I, I had. I shared that two years ago with her. And then she like, when I, when I had brought her these two, she's like, like, what is it with all of these people wanting to share jokes? Um, and she said, were these white guys? I said, yes. <laughs> she said, she asked me, were these white guys? I said, yes, you, you know, yes, ma'am. Um, and I said, has anyone else come to you in the department about, all of these jokes. I said, I got about five or six of them now in two years. Um, 
So she said, no, I haven't heard anything. So she got up and she said, let me see if I can go and ask, um, let me see if I can go and ask the other male in the department, white guy. And this guy does the switchboard. He helps with the switchboard. So he gets a higher volume of calls than I get. So uh, she asked him, he says, I've never heard anything. Right? And then so she looks at me, and I'm standing in there, and it's click gang members in there as well. I, I think he's a part of it as well. Um, <laughs> he, he says, uh, he looks at me and says, oh, wow, so you've been getting all of the jokes? And I said, yeah, I, I get them all the time. And he's like, oh, man, I, I really would like to hear some." He says, did you hear any good ones? I said, I don't know about good, but I remember them all, and it's something that I don't want to repeat. So, and I said, <laughs> I was about to say they can be uh, violent, racist, but I just let them keep talking. So a female, you know, one of the uh, click gang females, she said that someone shared a joke with her, but she didn't share the one that she had shared with her. Um she said some it was some guy trying to flirt with her or whatever. But the other white woman said, Oh yeah, you know, I hear him, but I don't hear him on the phone. I hear him outside of the talking on the phone. So that's the person that just posted the Facebook uh post. So they're doing this kind of stuff all of the time. But I know it's definitely racist the ones that they share when black people run around, of course. Um and that led to a different conversation about uh, talking about justice and racial classification, things like that, where she tried to get me to go talk with um, two. She said, well, blank and blank are two black females. You know, uh, have you ever thought about talking with them and sharing your experience? I said, why would I share my experience with the two people who are also going through the same things when I can come talk? to you, someone with decision-making ability who has a stronger social connection, you know, and that was a question, and she barely could answer that question. So she kept trying to, of course, another act that's racism, uh, divert my attention from her to some black people, you know, um, who could understandably so, be afraid of you. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, and I, I want to go on to my, my next one where I was downstairs and it was somewhat unjust networking about uh, another clique member where it was two white women, two more white women were talking about something being, uh, someone being ousted or something like that, or this girl, being having their information put out and she said, I'm going to have to tell her that uh, she, she just can't go around telling anyone. And, you know, I want to tell my boyfriend and a lot of personal type stuff and they're just talking out loud. And I say this to say, and she was saying that they were at the lake or something, her and this other uh, female. And she says, you know what? Uh, it will really be something if, her boyfriend found out that she was with some random black guy trying to lower her voice like I went here, you know. Um, and 
Yeah, and he also got our phone number too. I could really ruin their relationship. Exactly. I could really ruin their relationship. Ruin it. Okay. And the other white woman, older white woman, said that, oh, well, do you think he will find out he's black? <laughs> um, the other person says, I don't know, but I'm not that kind of a person, which I think she is. But usually they do this kind of stuff over the phone, like on the phone. They talk about texting and um, emails and stuff. But for some reason, a few of them have been getting in a conflict with each other. So that might lead to something maybe to where something gets exposed. I don't know. Um, but I wanted to uh, also share where um, there was a judge who was talking about, like, he was showing his power, right, and ego in a sense. When I was in there talking with him and the assistant, and we have our uh, drive-through open, and he said he couldn't get into the back of the courthouse. So it was a guy in the truck blocking his way. So he was like, I need you to move so I can get into the uh, parking lot. So the guy was like, oh, I ain't, I ain't moving. I ain't moving. And he says, oh, yes, you will. You'll move or I have you, I'll have your truck towed with you in it. And he's like, well, well, who the hell are you? A cop? No, I'm a judge. So, <laughs> I mean, so you could tell, like, it's not just the fact that of his position is that he's white. You know, that's what I'm thinking in my mind. So he said he will have him towed, his truck towed with him in it. All right? Um so I guess the guy ended up moving or whatever. So uh, I wanted to report that. Uh, and, and one more, um, I asked this guy, how is his day going? He's with IT. Uh, and for some reason, he just says, well, you know what? I just come to the conclusion that I hate everybody. Uh, is that okay to say, you know, I just... I just realized that because he, he likes to talk like that, but I know good and well, if I said something like that, it'd be game over, you know? I just came to the realization that I hate everybody, you know? And I said, well, is that really your conclusion? And he said, just give me some time. I have to think on it. Uh, so I have some more, but I'll just leave it right there, and that's all I have to share. Thanks for allowing me to speak. What a cast of characters at the courthouse. Like, uh, it doesn't seem like you bump into a whole lot of people who are just are about justice. Like, you, you bump into them and their hobbies seem to just be about justice, you know? Helping people and doing correct things. And Nah. We're about shooting, name-calling, gossiping, <laughs> like, uh, man, uh, system of racism white supremacy like any wonder why we do not have justice why we have a problem with justice wow listening to what is happening at the courthouse um, the anti-Asian violence once again kings and queens of anti-Asian violence are classified as white um, 
they have the social media post that's mocking so-called Asian people and their way of speaking. Why on earth this would be on somebody's social media social media page who's a public servant? You work at the courthouse and in the midst of all of this talk about anti-Asian violence and this is horrendous. We just had the uh, Atlanta uh, spa shooting and all the rest of it. Why would this be appropriate now, much less any other time? But why would this be something to post now? And then he said it wasn't like this guy posted and the click members was like, oh, my gosh, this is horrible. Take this down immediately. You'll get in trouble. Right. Thumbs up. Ha ha. Like what in the world? Yeah. Yeah. Might be another one can't be ignorant about racism white supremacy uh let's see the the rate i mean i don't know if the swat fly is racist jokes per se it might be and i'm just missing it but either way all of these uh crude jokes uh and such where they just pile them up like <laughs> i like i said i just break out the pen write them down or record either or uh record and then what are we to do with all of this Black and Decker, Pecker, Wrecker, and the rest of it. What are you know? What are we supposed to do? What should we say? Do we document? Do we tell someone? Like, you know, all the rest of it. And then they say the same thing that the folks on the cows say when we ask, like, do you have any racist children? What? No, no, I, no one. I've never heard that. No one's. Mm, mm, mm. Or he said the wife said, "Oh yeah, they did share one with me that one time." I, I, I don't remember what they said. I'm not disclosing. But, yeah, that, that did happen. Yeah, that one time. Or you get the, the fellow who got excited. Like, oh, really? You heard some? Let's yeah. hear one. Let's hear a good one. Like, ooh, ooh, I'm excited. I love me a good coon, Joe. <laughs> like, what, what in the world? Like, all of this. Like, we work at the courthouse. We shouldn't be excited. We should be about the production of justice. Like, uh <sighs> racist jokes that well again now maybe the the swat and fly thing that's not racist you know okay but the all of the jokes per se in this context not appropriate we're supposed to be here about justice um when he goes to report the inappropriate folly reckless jocularity if you will and she says uh you know you know, you should talk to about this. Michelle Obama has a book and I think there are two black ladies down the hall that they can really understand your pain on this. Like that, that might all be well and good, but not the word you have decision making ability. You have the power. You can do something about this. I don't I don't need to find some black homies to just sit around and commiserate and woe is us and ain't raised. I don't that's not what we need. We need decision making ability. Wouldn't it be better and need to stay in the question lane? Wouldn't it be better for me to talk to a person in the decision with decision making ability as opposed to just, you know, woe is us with the the black folks in the in the bowels of the courthouse and she can't even answer the question well uh uh hmm hmm (laughs) i have to go back and think and wait till i go text the rest of the folks like this nigger again 
Uh, and as he even included, they might not even want to talk to me. Like, you got a lot of the victims around here who hate me. They spit in my water, too. And tell, get out of here. Get out of here. We, we don't, white people don't treat us well either. We don't talk to you either. <laughs> like, uh, that's how bad things are. Like, no, I'd rather talk to the person with decision-making ability. Love it. Love it. And they might, you can't even put it past these white people. They do experiments and stuff. They may have sabotaged. They may have been sending you off to some victims that they already set up. Like, oh, yeah, we already got them. We got the recorder and everything. And Waymo, we're going to see if we can get him fired. <laughs> like, you you never know what kind of traps they have laid out when they, you know, are pushing you in incorrect directions. Um, The judge, I have not, I don't even think I've seen police officers. Like, if they tow a car, they do not tow a vehicle with the person in it. Like... I think the tow truck drivers even say that that is not safe. You do not tow a vehicle with a person in it. Like you make the person get out and ride in the towing vehicle or in a different car. But I do not think I have ever seen a person towed with them in the vehicle. Like that is a white man who is uh, the, the last poets, I think way, way back millions of years ago, they had a song, The White Man Has a God Complex, like right yeah. there. Super on display. <laughs> like, uh, it can't even just be like, oh, my bad, you parked in, maybe didn't see it, whatever, whatever, move your car, no, 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 no. Move it right now, or I'll have you towed with you in it, buddy. Damn. <laughs> and again, look at the attitude of the people who are supposed to be administering justice. What do we have here? Unjust networking, threatening people over a parking space, like, I'll shank you. Like, what? That's no, the representation. I'm sorry? Oh, oh sorry, sorry, sorry to, uh, to interrupt, but it, it really does show white supremacy because I don't ever. I've never heard a black person uh, working as a judge or assistant speaking like that with authority like that. And then, you know, and then trying to dominate somebody um, saying that they'll have this done and they'll do that. Have you put in jail and listen here, buddy. I mean, talking to the person that's on the screen and I'm in the courtroom and say, you need to straighten up. And then the person will stop laughing and stuff like in the jail. You know, um, the and this a white woman. Hey, listen, you you stop right there and stop acting like, you know, you're all tough and everything. <laughs> uh, yeah, they they do. They they really do put it on display, you know. And they were happy to hear those jokes. Um, they want to show, and I know the ones they do talk about and share with each other are the racist jokes. But, you know, of course, I'm standing there, you know, the Negro is in the room. So they try and put that restriction on there. But, you know, they know I'm paying attention. And then I just want to say one last thing. You you really are on your own. Like, and I said that I'm on my own. So I function around them like, you know, you have to be prepared for anything. You know, it's you versus an army. Um, and, and that's all I have. Patty LaBelle. I don't think she was talking about counter racism, but the great Patty the Bell, she did say on my own, 
Absolutely. For the workplace, like you do not have homies, friends, even if they're classified as black, doesn't matter. Um, hey, that's just, you know, how bad the problem is. If you get any help, that'll be that can be a pleasant surprise. Like when they talk about that, wow, a black person that I work with was helpful in some way, shape, form, whether it was directly related to racism, white supremacy or not. But that's the way it should be looked at, not this is an expectation or that's how I thought it would go because this person is classified as black like ye risky but I mean that just that right I think you see if folks remember from uh, Urugu you see different manifestations of the personality uh, of Urugu the Udomoroho if you will right the the unjust networking with the texts uh, the jokes right the violence I'll shank you uh, the I don't even know what you want to call that the arrogance uh, of this white man the narcissist get out of my parking space what do you think you are straighten up have you towed out of here in your car like all of it on display right there and no less again at the courthouse like these folks you're going to get your passport photo and they want to be rude about it certainly about like I came down to get my passport photo right and got my make America great paraphernalia on uh, the and same thing the personality of these people who work at the courthouse now what job do you think you can have black people sitting around and conspiring about somebody else that works and like I could ruin her life totally like she doesn't even know like dang y'all are just sitting out at work it's like, at the courthouse again like man this isn't y'all can't this is like real housewives of LA type thing like y'all can't do this at home or I was going to say text, but that seems kind of unprofessional too. Like you can't wait till you get it home. Then you can get on zoom and do all that stuff. No, we got to do it right now at the courthouse. Like white people, when they have fallings out at work. Oh my God. Like you can see all kinds of treacherous behavior. Like all manner of decorum is gone. All manner of professionalism. Like Wow. Like, just step back, watch the fireworks, and take notes. Uh, when white people are in conflict in the workplace, you don't need to take sides or anything. Like, this one is not the one I'm rooting for, anything like that. Uh, plantation owners do have beefs with one another from time to time. Just take notes uh, of, you know, what happens in the midst of all of this. Now, I mean, this <laughs> talking about who's having sexual intercourse with a black person, and I'm going to tell the like, what in the world <laughs> again are we working at a strip club like come on the courthouse and this is the behavior that we got Woo! no gossiping get that one in one more time too uh and con- no less connected to the cowbell like geez uh <sighs> Do not participate in any gossiping. That's not your cue to jump in any of those conversations. Even if they're talking about a white person you don't like, you're just there. As he said, you are a nigra, regardless if they're, you know, upset and squabbling and all that, they can feud, patch their thing up uh, between them and still come around to practice racism on you. So we're just there, you know, observing mm-hmm. racists during their brawl. Mm-hmm. Gather whatever data I can while this is going on. Take notes where appropriate, and you know, keep in mind that I remain the target uh, in the system of racism, white supremacy. Wow. Uh, 
the courthouse, man, you can learn what does it mean to be classified as white? Like, wow, you can learn a lot uh, just studying the folks, how they get down there. Uh, and again, for I'd say for any workplace situation, you want to be finding the white person or white people with decision making ability very important so frequently white people they'll try to get you spin around and redirected talking to somebody who doesn't have any authority at all told you have you talked to the janitor and folks who work the cafeteria staff no who are the people who impact policy and decision around here who are those folks let me talk to them and see if in 15 minutes we can't solve this problem totally permanently that's the way that we want to try to conduct business when possible. Uh, let's see. Much obliged caller in Florida. Uh, Do we have any other folks commentary observations that they wanted to make sure they got in based on what they've heard so far? Other questions, comments to share? double check one more time make sure everybody's satisfied again we should be here let's see so we'll be here on Sunday global Sunday talk on racism again I'm trying to you know we just said yesterday here about the if you're fully vaccinated it's you know back to things as they were uh, to see how that's registering around the world like I don't think any other parts of the world have said that thus far but we will see uh, Sunday 3 p.m. Eastern 2 p.m. Central 12 noon Pacific uh, will check in with our global participants uh, but then uh, tomorrow we'll be here at normal time uh, 9 p.m. Eastern 6 p.m. Pacific the compensatory call in we'll review what's going down last seven days or so uh, it's been whack like I said we had the announcement there and the panic gas buying uh, on the east coast after the uh, pipeline hack glad I'm not out east with all that uh, wackiness where they've totally ran out of gas in some region, or not totally, but a lot of different places are struggling with access to gas right now in some regions. I think North Carolina, Virginia, former stomping grounds. But we'll review all that. Uh, that'll be tomorrow. Compensatory call-in, uh, and then we should have uh, multiple guests, including white guests next week, but we'll get to you know all that later in the weekend. Um, check in one more make sure we didn't miss oh, 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 oh. let's see person who dialed in uh, let's see we miss any other folks uh, with commentary Soon, folks are good. Uh, like I said, we should be here for the compensatory call in tomorrow. Global Sunday talk Sunday. We'll update for other guests as we move forward. Uh, I guess you could kind of keep us updated and you, you keep yourself updated, right? Wherever you happen to be in the world. And then you can keep us updated uh, as the maybe vaccine policy shifts uh, based on because I think that's going to be like a seismic announcement uh, yesterday about, you know, no mask and all the rest. If you are fully vaccinated, like 
does it shift? Does it become more aggressive to get this vaccine, get this vaccine? And, you know, you're going to lose access to things. I heard earlier today, you, you know, maybe you won't get a job if you're not fully vaccinated. Like, is that going to be uh, is that going to accelerate based on the latest information in the past 24 hours or so? Very curious with the global folks, but just in general, you can be paying attention. What are people saying on the job? Are you getting pressured on the job? Are they talking about maybe changing policy and procedure to reflect this uh, in your workplace situation? Keep us abreast. Uh, it is, for many reasons, fascinating times uh, on the plantation. Probably will be so for the entire summer as you know, we kind of, I guess, transition uh, through all of this. Uh, anywho. Uh, we'll be here tomorrow about 24 hours. We will uh, do it again. Compensatory call in. Uh, in the meantime, <clears throat> sobriety would be best under conditions of white supremacy. Uh, lots of reasons to keep our brain computer working in optimal position. Never know. Might decide, hey, med school. Maybe that's what I'm supposed to be doing with my time and energy. Definitely will need your brain computer all about preserving efficient functioning of that brain computer. Uh, in addition to being sober, uh, if you're going to go out, be very alert uh, about what's happening around you. Uh, there have been just so many random shootings and acts of violence, uh, especially in the U.S., shootings and things, gunfire, <clears throat> firearm violence. Uh, if you're out and about, anybody looks like they're being loud, hostile, exit this is not the time for confrontation especially uh escalating with some stranger like you have no idea if that person is armed uh if that person has like a whole crew with them that's also armed if you didn't leave your residence prepared to kill and die exit you can you know call enforcement officials or whatever else you need to as you are leaving uh but be very mindful uh if you are driving you are sober, buckled, uh, you are super paying attention, not on the cell phone, so you can be aware of your surroundings. Also, not on the cell phone so that we can minimize contact with the Mark Fermans of the known universe. Just doing the small things that we can. All of that said, Creator, we ask that you help us remain patient with other black people victims of white supremacy we ask that you help us remain patient with ourselves remind us to demonstrate the highest levels of black self-respect at all times in all places each and every time we are in contact with another black person no name calling very simple, very effective. It is in the 10 stops for a reason, especially in a workplace context. No name calling, even though Gus T got accused of that. I, I don't think I have used the VGQ to name call anyone. No name calling, no gossiping, really simple, easy things that we can do that would have a big impact towards solving this problem. Cows signing out. Thanks all for tuning in. Nigga, you so brainwashed. I'm a victim, What's your brother. Problem? You're a victim. Yeah.
Shut a victim up. of 400 years of conditioning. Shut up. The man has programmed my condition. Mm-hmm. Even my conditioning has been conditioned. <laughs> okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, <sighs> oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.